Good evening and welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. It's uh, New Year's Eve. I'm trying to sneak out a unedited and un unreviewed bonus episode for any of you that just need a little New Year's Eve boost uh, or for some reason, you know, just need some help falling asleep. And the way this podcast works, if this is your first time here, is I tell a story or I talk about something to get your mind off of whatever keeps you awake, whatever thoughts are racing through. So when you go to get in bed after you pull up the covers and snuggle in and, you know, shut out all the lights and all that junk, just press play on this podcast and close your eyes. I'll tell you a story, and it'll keep your mind off all that stuff that's going through your head, and it'll help you fall asleep. I don't know, my mind's a little mixed up myself tonight, so I'm not given the best bumper, but if you have trouble sleeping, you're in the right place. Like my goal is to bore people to sleep uh, with this podcast. That's all it is. I wouldn't listen to it while I was driving or operating a forklift or whatever. That's why I'm here. I've got, uh, if you follow me on Twitter at Dearest Scooter, you'll find lots of sleep tips, but you can also let me know if this podcast doesn't work for you, it does, or what you like. And you can find us on the internet at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. And if you have any feedback, you can just email me, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. Uh, let me know if this podcast doesn't work. I'll try to work with you one-on-one to help you fall asleep. That's what I'm here for. That's my superpower, boring stories. And let's just get on to the show. Um, since this is a bonus episode, I'm not worried about being perfect. I just said, uh, I'll probably say and about 50 times. Uh, that was another, uh, I'm going to hit pause and grab my notes and I will help you fall asleep. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening. All you out there. And, uh, hope you have a great 2014. If you have a chance, review and rate us on iTunes or let a friend know. I'd really appreciate it. And for tonight's New Year's Eve episode, uh, came across a young man recently, a young Canadian man, and he was trying to tell me, you know, he, he was a troubled young man, not too troubled, but he was troubled by the thought that he was pretty sure that the uh, song Call Me Maybe was written about him, and he wasn't sure, you know, I know there was, I, I don't know a lot about, I think it's Carly Rae Jepsen or something, I've heard the song before. I don't know a lot about her. I know she won Canadian Idol by what Canadian Canadian American Idol <laughs> Canadian Idol uh, by looking on uh, Wikipedia, and she seems like she's in her late twenties, and she's wrote, wrote a catchy tune. Justin Bieber picked it up, and now she's got some world fame going for her. For, so good on her. But this young guy, he said, uh, you know, I'm going to let him tell his story um, about why he thinks uh, "Call Me Maybe" is about him. Okay. Uh, go ahead and take it over, buddy. You know, I don't do the greatest voices, so it might sound a little bit like me. Uh, but just ignore that, because this is a New Year's Eve bonus episode. Good night. Yeah, so, um, A, <laughs> like I said, I'm pretty sure that song's about me. And I just want to go through it, because, you know, if she's listening, Carly Ray, my name's... Uh, my name's like uh, Tiger. That's my nickname. That's what my friends call me. My parents call me Gabriel. But, um, you know, I, uh, I'm i pretty sure the song's about me because one time I was at Canada Wonder Canada's Wonderland, right, eh? Uh, right outside Toronto. 
and I was in the uh, medieval town. Oh, sorry, this is my dog scratching. You might hear him in the background. Um, you know, I was at the wishing well. I, I, I my older brother Derek, he he told me, um, I, you know, I, I was like uh, sixteen. He told me if I wanted to meet girls, hang out either by the restroom or by the wishing well. That those are good spots to meet babes. What he said. You know, I've always been shy. And okay, so this one time, right? Car- Carly Rae Jepsen, she was doing a concert at Canada's Wonderland, and I, I, I was at Canada's Wonderland. I was trying to ride uh, the Beastmaster. Uh, my, I bet my friends I could ride it thirty six times in a row, and then my my friends after the second time they just ditched me. And I, I didn't realize it was there. But anyway, so I, I got sad. I went down to wishing well. I wished all my friends would get the real Beastmaster from the old movie would come and get them. And uh, I, I swear, Carly Rae Jepsen, or Jepsen, Jessen, Carly Rae, she was there, man, before, um, this was before the song was even written, and, and I'm pretty sure it's about me, so I'm going to go through it. And explain, you know, my thoughts because I was there and I know she made a wish. So, okay. Call me maybe. I threw a wish in the well and I saw her. She threw a wish in the well. Don't ask me. I'll never tell. And we kind of made eye contact right after she made the wish and looked up from the well. I looked to you as it fell. Exactly. Right. And now you're in my way. And some dude could grab me and shove me to the ground. I'm not sure if he's with her or not. I don't feel like I was in her way. So I feel like that's a metaphor. Like, anyway, well, let's, just, let's just keep going. I'll do the now. I'd trade my soul for a wish, pennies and dimes for a kiss. I wasn't looking for this, but now you're in my way. So I kind of had a dream that one time she was throwing pennies and dimes in the air and then it started raining and we were kissing like, just like in the rain, but pennies and dimes rain. And it didn't hurt, even though it should, in real life it would probably really hurt. And then I took her soul and ran away. No, I'm just kidding, eh? Um, your stare was holding. That's right. Ripped jeans, skin was showing. Later I found out there was a rip in the butt of my jeans. Uh, I didn't have underwear on, okay? It wasn't a big rip, though. Hot night, wind was blowing. Where do you think you're going, baby? And that's kind of what I, I kind of was thinking the same thing when she was walking away. Where are you going? Hey, I just met you, and this is crazy, but here's my number, so call me maybe. So what happened was after the guy pushed me down, I chipped my tooth, and uh, I started crying, but just because I chipped my tooth, man, it was. I was like, "Hey, man, chip my tooth!" And so Carly Ray stopped, and she said, "Hey, what what just happened?" Sorry, my parents were walking around, eh? Um, and she was like, oh, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" And she was like, "I'm Car- Carly Ray." Anderson, I think was her name or something, but I think she was just lying. And she says, I'm so sorry about this. This guy, he's a jerk. 
I hate him, but I love him. And I'm sorry I pushed you down. And that, then we made eye contact again. She said, here's my number. I'll totally, um, I know a dentist in the greater Toronto area that, so call me, like maybe. But she said it like kind of like, like that was like a nervous tick. Like she was so in love with me. She was like, maybe. Anyway, it's hard to look right at you, baby. Here's my number. Call me, maybe. Oh, maybe that was when, because my tooth was, my lip was bleeding and, um, I was crying, so my eyes were puffy. I don't know. Maybe she was sad. She was sad she couldn't look at me. Hey, I just met you, and this is crazy. This is crazy. She's like, this guy's crazy, this guy. And I keep thinking about it, man. I should have socked him. I should have socked him. I should have said, Carly Ray's mine. But I didn't even know until she said she was Carly Ray. Okay. And then here's my number. All the other boys try to chase me, but here's my number. Call me, maybe. Maybe because I was so polite, like that's what stole. I'm pretty sure that's when I won her heart, when I was stopped my sobbing, and I wiped my hand across my nose. <laughs> and because I didn't try to chase her, I mean, I fell. I was in love with her, believe me. But you know, because I didn't try to chase her, um, she fell in love with me at that moment. Even though she was with this other guy who was mean, he was a jerk. Okay, all the other boys. You took time with the call. I took no time with the fall. You gave me nothing, nothing at all. But still, you're in my way. Again, metaphor here, folks. Not because I fell. Maybe she's apologizing, though. Maybe it's not a metaphor. She's saying, I should have stayed with you and made sure your chipped tooth was healed properly or brought you on stage and kissed you. And then had a, a rain of soft pennies and dimes. I took the time with the call. I did because it ended up with her agent's number. And I took, I kept calling and hanging up. And then they called my parents' house. And they like, why do you keep calling here? And my parents were like, who, who is this? And they're like, it's the Bright Brothers Talent Agency. And my parents were like, what? Well, there's no one here with any talent. Thanks, Mom and Dad. I, I draw um, zombies in high school. Remember my comic, Zombie Boy? Anyway, maybe no talent agents. Anyway. Whew. So you took the time with the call. I took no time with the call. You gave me nothing at all, but still you're in my way. That's gave me nothing at all. I think she was asking me to fight this her boyfriend or whoever the guy was, but I didn't, so I regret that. I beg, borrow, and steal, have foresight, and it's real. I didn't know I would feel it, but it's in my way. So it's in my way instead of I'm in her way. I beg, borrow, and steal, have foresight, and it's real. Beg, borrow, and steal. I, just, I can't make sense of that one, um... Like, maybe she'd do anything to fix my chipped tooth and then kiss me is what I think it is. And have foresight, and it's real. Like, she knew I was going to be there. Your stare was holding, right? Ripped jeans. Okay, we already went bot through that one. I just met you. 
It's hard to look at you. I just met you. All the other boys tried to chase me. Okay, here we go. Before you came into my life, I missed you so bad. I missed you so bad. I missed you so, so bad. So she's been missing me before she even knew me. That's fate. F-A-T-E. Look it up. Uh, Foreshadowing. We're getting married soon. Okay, I'm going to be Mr. Carly Ray, a.k.a. Dragon Tooth. And I'm going to send the Beastmaster out. He's going to be like our... I'm going to dress like... A, well, anyway, let's let's not get out of ourselves. The wedding's coming. We're going to get married in the CN Tower, if it's still called that. And then we're going to go to Canada's Wonderland and shower pennies and dimes. Nickels are way too dangerous. And I missed you so, so bad. And you should know that I missed you so, so bad. Bad, bad. Right? I mean, she's probably crying right now because she doesn't know my name. Because when she gave me, I said, oh, 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 instead of saying, hi, I'm your future husband, Tiger. A.K.A. Gabriel. But Gabriel's not important. Maybe she'd call me the Gabester, though. Like when we're hanging around. Um, okay. You know, to me at this point, I should tell you guys I'm 47 years old. And I still live with my parents. And that's okay. I'm okay with that, okay? Canada, we're, we're closer than you people in the States that might be listening. You guys are consumer people and you broken homes and all that kind of thing. And even though this is my dad's sixth wife and whatever, okay, I'm okay with who I am. And obviously Carly Ray is too because she wants to be Mr. Gabriel, Mrs. Mrs. Tiger Dragon Tooth. I had to... It's hard to look right at you, baby. Hey, I just met you. This is crazy. All the other boys tried to chase me. So that's it. I mean, that's it. Um, Canada's a wonderland. A little bit, a little bit about me in case Carly Ray is listening. I, um, you might have heard I, I uh, have a zombie comic. It's about the struggle of uh, zombies in high school, but not, I, th- I believe Monster High, that cartoon is a ripoff of it. And, I have if if you're if there's a lawyer listening, I'd like to pursue charges. I'm not sure the laws how they work in Canada and the United States. I also, um, you know, I'm a nice guy most of the time, unless you're a small insect. I don't like small insects or salamanders or li- I guess small lizards either. So. If, if you're a small lizard or an insect, watch out for me, okay? Because I'm coming for you. Yeah, like I said, I'm 46 years old. I um, I have a, a pencil, pencil mustache that's growing in nicely. Other than that, what do I do? I like to yell at my dad, my stepmother. I like to ignore her. And then do like this thing when she does something dumb. (laughs) I love Canada. 
I love Canada's Wonderland. I'm an annual pass member since uh, since I can before I can remember. One of my big life dreams is to stay there after it closes illegally. Maybe um, drink some beers. I've yet to to drink beer yet, but that's something I think would be cool. And one second. And you know, you know, I, I think that's about it, folks. Um, I just want want you guys to know that that song's about me. It's Gabriel, um, aka Tiger. So you'll probably see me on stage. You'll probably have me at all the shows. Our wedding will probably be in the uh, Us Weekly because even though we're Canadians, we rule you as far as the entertainment industry goes. So that's it, folks. Have a great New Year's Eve. I'll be hanging here. Um, I don't, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but stuff that technically it's already New Year's here in Canada by the time you're listening to this. I'd like to thank, um, Mr. Deer Scooter for letting me on to uh, tell my side of the story. I'd like to thank Canada's Wonderland for helping me fall in love. And I'd like to thank Carly Rae Jepsen for offering to fix my chipped tooth without actually fixing it. But someday that tooth will be kissing your tooth so good night and thank you hey welcome to sleep with me the podcast that helps you fall asleep i'm dearest scooter i think i just snorted there a little bit and i'm going to tell you a bedtime story uh and if this is your first time here this is exactly how the podcast works it's to help put aside your thoughts before you go to bed and fall asleep so what you do is you get in bed pull up your covers close your eyes, do whatever other pre-bed stuff you do. And I'll talk and tell you a story or talk about something. And hopefully that'll let you put aside whatever your bills or your kids or your job or your loved ones, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever's bothering you and keeping you awake. Or maybe it's just some surreal praying mantis, giant praying mantis that you're seeing in your room. I hope not, but whatever it is, hopefully my story will distract you. And the secret ingredient I put in is a whole lot of boredom. Eventually, I add it in slowly. And that seems to be what I'm good at, is telling boring stories. So you just listen, and hopefully you'll fall asleep. That's my goal. If I fail at that, like you listen to a few podcasts and you say, hey, man, you're not boring or you're just annoying or I'm just, I can't fall asleep. I don't think it's uh, my distraction. You know what? Email me. Feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com or let me know via Twitter at Dearest Scooter. And I'll try to work with you. I've been reading a lot about sleep stuff. I'm no expert by any means, and I'm not selling any sleep-related. I'm not a sleep master or I don't have the uh, 10 secrets to sleeping or anything. I'm not selling any junk like that or vitamins. I'm just a person that struggles with sleep myself, and I happen to like telling boring stories, and, you know, I I just want to help, honestly. And I want you guys to help, too. If you like the podcast, tell someone about it. There's lots of people out there, whether it's on Twitter or in the real world, real world out there, uh, let them know. Um, You know, I'm trying to form a community of, well, people hopefully that formerly used to struggle falling asleep and help other people. And if you can review and rate us on iTunes, that'll help raise our profile and get more people listening. I think my stomach's growling. If it is, uh, 
I'm just keeping it real here because whatever. Happy New Year and let people know. And let me know if something's not working or something is working. Feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com or at Dearest Scooter on Twitter. I'm a little behind because of, uh, I don't know, I don't really have a good excuse. Holidays, blah. But usually I post uh, on Twitter and on the website Sleep Stuff. So check it out. I think that's about it. Let's get on to our show tonight. Tonight I'm just going to be doing a random story that I'm kind of making up as I go along. So I hope that helps you fall asleep. So get in bed and fall asleep with me. Tonight I'm going to tell you a story. It's called The Tooth Fairy's Assistant. And, you know, with Christmas just passing and I had a lot of episodes, you know, exploring some of the, um, I don't know, mysteries of Christmas. Or I'm, I'm laughing. I don't know why I'm in a good mood tonight. You know, I, I, I looked at a lot of stories that were in my mind about Christmas. And this just came up recently. It was about the Tooth Fairy because... Well, you know, the Tooth Fairy is a really unappreciated, hard-working fairy as far as, um, like, when you compare it to Santa Claus. Yeah, Santa Claus is working all year round making toys, but the Tooth Fairy is literally, is literally the right thing? Actually, the Tooth Fairy is circling the globe all the time, always on duty. And sure, it's a fairy, so it probably doesn't need eight hours of sleep a night like we do at some point. This is this is where the story comes from. I'm just trying to relay to you. The Tooth Fairy kind of got fed up. I was like, man, like, you know, I'm really busy. And then, you know, to make it worse, being fed up, this was, uh, you, you know, summertime. The Tooth Fairy's like, I could be doing summer stuff, you know, like on the beach, relaxing. But these teeth, they're always falling out. Well, at the same time, uh, a famous company, you might have heard of them, Wonka, uh, of Willy Wonka fame, Wonka candies or Wonka chocolates. They were gearing up for uh, their candy production since they make, a lot of people don't know this, Wonka is responsible for most of the candy in the world, whether it's the base ingredients or the actual produced candy. So they were gearing up for Halloween, obviously. And uh, I'm not sure, I mean, I just got this information from outside sources, but what happened was like from the movies, there's been two movies, I believe, it's, you know, they have some sort of river system for chocolate, also one for liquid sugar. I don't know if they showed that in any of the movies. But at some point they were prepping, you know, their giant sugar and chocolate things for uh, Christmas. I don't know if they had hired new workers that weren't properly trained, but when they were prepping the um, the sugar for both the chocolate and the liquid sugar, I think simple syrup they call it, that's in the bar biz. I don't know what they call it in the candy business, but they... Uh, the, the giant um, silos that they emptied into the river to start the mixing or the mixers. I, I've never been to the factory, so I'm just going on secondhand knowledge. But uh, they have regular sugar. You know, they have a variety of different sugars, but they have this super sticky sugar that you, they use for super sticky products only. And that's not supposed to be in the main line um, rivers. It's supposed to be just saved for these specialty candies. But somehow, the mix-up, Thousands and thousands of pounds of the super sticky sugar got injected into the regular candy as opposed to just regular sugar. So that's like a little, I think I used foreshadowing incorrectly last episode. I don't even know if it's correct that right now, but that's going to come come back. So, you know, Wonka kicks the production in. They don't, they don't catch this mistake because once it's liquefied and, you know, everything's going on, whatever, they catch it too late. 
So all this sticky candy goes out on Halloween. Post-Halloween, starting on November 1st, the Tooth Fairy, like the Tooth Fairy has this um, magical, it's kind of like a cross between a crystal ball and a globe where, you know, she's spotting, you know, all the different, she's getting live feeds of teeth falling out. And all of a sudden the thing is blowing up. You know, she's getting four or five times the traffic. And she's she's freaking uh, about to have a nervous breakdown. She tries for two nights to keep up with this demand. And even though she's got these fairy powers, she's beat. And she's like, no, that's it. I'm uh, I'm thinking about, you know, she's thinking to herself, should I go on strike? Whatever. So she calls up Mother Nature, who's kind of the queen of the fairies, I guess you could say, or the fairy master or fairy queen, whatever. The, their boss, Mother Nature. She says, you know, can I get in to see you? Mother Nature's like, yeah, sure, what's up? She said, I don't know, you know, did the, I sent her a report. You know, did you see the data from my reports? You know, this tooth fallout's up 5,000%. You know, I, I can barely keep up with the man, and that's only using all of my powers. I'm really, I mean, I, I'm at, I, 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 I said, Mother, calm down, calm down. So you're overwhelmed because your job is to fly into little kids' rooms, pull their teeth out, and put some money underneath, right? Yeah, yeah, thanks, Mother Nature. Yeah, that's, I'm feeling overwhelmed about that, like, because there's a lot more teeth falling out right now, and, you know, I've been down, I'm at, okay, okay, you're overwhelmed. Just because, just so let's just talk, though. So your job is just to fly around, you know, everything, change out the money and the teeth, right? Right, Mother Nature, yeah. Thank you just for submitting. So the whole balance of the planet Earth's ecosystem doesn't depend on you, correct? And, you know, you don't have these humans mucking about with the teeth. The teeth, I mean, the teeth sounds like there might be some human thing going on here, but they're not altering what I'm trying, you're trying to do. And, you know, you don't have all life hanging on. There's a, your, your job is in life and death, is it? Mother Nature, I don't get it. Like, are you being sarcastic? Because I'm really, oh, no, no, no. I was just making an observation because, well, I guess I do have some assistance, but, you know, just, you know, it could be worse. <laughs> um, well, let's see. I, I could, uh, let me, let me look for some help for you. Why don't you get back to work? And I'm really, you know, chop, chop. I mean, whew. You got to fly around and get those teeth changed out. So I get it. I mean, it's not like, you know, there's an earthquake going on in Indonesia right now while we're talking, you know, that I didn't, you know, anyway, I'll get you some help. Okay. Good day. So too fairy. It's like, man, mother nature is just, uh, well, okay. Maybe she's under a lot of pressure. Barometric pressure. <laughs> Oh, bad, 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 bad joke. Um, so that was the Tooth Fairy's joke, not mine. So Tooth Fairy goes back to her globe, and she's plotting out the next night, and it's getting, you know, the globe's kind of like a supercomputer, more powerful probably, and more organic or magical, but spewing out her things, and and then there's like bump, 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 knock at her um, cottage door. She said, come in. There's a gnome there with, like, teeny tiny wings. She said, hi, uh, I'm the Tooth Fairy. How can I help? Yeah, I'm Larry the Gnome. I'm here to help. 
And she's like, oh, hmm. Oh, you're here to help me. Can you fly at light speed? Nah. Hmm. How's your handwriting? Can can you uh, write some notes for children for me? Yeah, I don't read or write. Oh, goodness, goodness gracious, goodness gracious. Oh, Lord, you know how many teeth that we have to change out tonight? Hey, uh, you got a sleigh like Santa? Like, am I going to have to... Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just trying to figure out why... Why, um... Why in the word Mother Nature would, uh, send you to me? Um... Well, anyway, let's go on a tour. Uh, I'll give you a tour, and then we can see. So fairy goes, and there's, like, giant magical sub-basements to her cottage. So they go down there, and she shows them kind of the envelope room where they keep all the envelopes and the notes and this wormhole where that she reaches through to grab the paper and the envelopes and then goes down another level to the bank, which is pretty secure, but... You'd think it'd be more secure. I'm sure there's stuff I don't know about. I mean, but anyway, so then she's like showing the gnome these different, you know, how the similar wormhole, how she reaches in and going through the different um, currencies of the world. And the gnome's cracking jokes about the euro and the Canadian dollar and different um, strange sounding currencies, which I don't know any off the top of my head. But, you know, he's, 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 making wise and then the tooth fairy she's just had it she's goes nuts and and something shoots out of her wand boom blows it blows a hole in the uh oddly enough the loonies which i think is some canadian dollar or something i don't know they pour everywhere and she's crying and screaming and stomping and i'm gonna quit i've, I've had i'm never gonna well, look at all these loonies on the floor. I feel like a loon. And the gnome looks at her and goes, Yeah, and there's uh, 11,172 loonies on the ground. Really? Yep. Um, tonight, uh, we are going to need 45,000 loonies for the children of Canada. And uh, let me clean that up. And... His hands move like lightning. He's stacking these loonies and putting them in, putting them in. He, he, somehow he re, his hands are moving so fast he melts a new glass tube, puts it in. Loonies are back filled up. And he says, okay. And she just points at the uh, the euros. I don't even know which euro coin. Probably a dollar. But, I mean, some people are rich, you know. There might be pennies. I don't, maybe most countries are smart enough not to have pennies anymore, but I live in the U.S., Anyway, she's pointing at him. He's whipping it off. Oh, that's uh, equivalent U.S. eight million five hundred dollars. But I was, I was a current exchange rate. And he makes a couple cracks wise about bitcoins. He's like, I don't see, you know, and volatility. I mean, this guy. If you were going to invest your money, he'd be, you know, if you're going to play the currency market, he'd be your man. And then, you know, the fairy starts getting excited because that's one of the hardest parts of the job is dealing with the money. I mean, you're reaching through a wormhole, and then you're trying to move the wormhole around to the right currency, and then you got to reach in, put in an envelope. So she reaches through the envelope wormhole, 
throws it up. She kicks over the U.S. quarters one, and dude's done. The whole next night's work is done. He's like, yeah, you got a 147,000 United States stops tonight. Plus, uh, you know, Virgin Islands, we got 122 stops. Puerto Rico, 87. You know, he's going through. Hit this guy. Boom. So the Tooth Fairy just sits down. She relaxes. And uh, Larry, Larry the Gnome, he says, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna work great together. And, you know, I'll tell you what. Like, gnomes don't get visited by the Tooth Fairy. But I appreciate, you know, the, the metaphor for what you do. And the Tooth Fairy's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you're the one, you know, when children, he's like, you know, there's puberty. That's off in the distance, you know, when they become men and women. But this is when they transfer from, like, almost like babies to kids, you know. They're ha- they're on their way. And he's like, and you're there to kind of pull them on to the next stage. And, you know, for gnomes, he's like, we're born. And then, boom, we're, they throw us. You know, in a mine, we're supposed to be cracking rocks and stuff. He's like, you know, we don't have that kind of pleasant transition. And he was not every kid does. You know, there's a lot of kids that are exploited and mistreated or, or their parents just don't have time or they don't have parents. But he's like, you know, it's important what you do. And I'm, I'm proud to be working uh, for the Tooth Fairy. I, I'm proud to say I'm Larry, the Tooth Fairy's assistant. And it's my honor to assist you from here on out. And Sue Fairy didn't know what to say except for, oh, well, you know, there's no breaks and we're already behind schedule, so let's get to work. And that is the story of the Tooth Fairy's assistant. Happy New Year. It's uh, 2014. This happened in uh, 20, <clears throat> 2011 with the Willy Wonka candy mix-up and the Tooth Fairy. So that guy's been working for it for a while now. They might even have more assistants now. I don't know. I'll I'll look into it. But happy New Year. I hope you sleep well tonight. And, I, um, yeah, that's all I can say. I usually go off on a tangent about boredom. I have, um, yeah, I mean, I really understand if you can't sleep. I mean, I'm not sleeping well uh, right now myself. Um, I think I put on the blog. I like to cram myself between the bed and the wall and then um, just kind of, you know, Try to fall asleep there. I sleep, I like it cold. That's a tip, pro tip for free from a person who gives tips nonstop. Uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you got any tips for me falling asleep, I mean, I can't listen to myself, but, uh, I just like to, uh, you know, I mean, I think the main thing I've learned is, uh, you know, no pressure, man. You'll fall asleep or you won't, um, I get to freak out. I get angry. And that doesn't help. Uh, like you might be getting angry at me right now because I'm talking and you're listening and you're supposed to be asleep and I was supposed to bore you to sleep. And instead, I went on this weird meandering journey into the sub-basements of the uh, Tooth Fairy. And I'm sorry if you're not asleep, but don't get mad. I mean, get mad at me, but don't get mad at yourself. Just take a couple breaths and, as I've said before, this, you might have been, you might be struggling with this for the past couple of weeks. It might be because of something, because of work. It might be a schedule change. I mean, this is kind of a rough time of year for sleep. You got some people are off of work, some people got to work. You know, you got, it's not like, you know, okay. So it's going to be all right. And just remember, you know, Mother Nature's got it worse. 
according to her. So, you know, she won't be hearing your complaints about sleep. She'll uh, eat you for breakfast. So enjoy the new year and sleep well, my friends. Yeah, I like saying that. And you are my friends. I mean, I guess. I mean, I consider you my friends. I consider I, I'm considering this a friendly gesture to you, and I appreciate you listening to me. So sleep well, my friends. Uh, Larry, the Tooth Fairy's assistant sends his best. So does the Tooth Fairy, but I mean, she's really, really busy. I mean, really, Santa, what are you complaining about, bro? Of Rudolph. I mean, Rudolph went on this vision quest. Tooth Fairy's working 365. All right, good night. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Sleep With Me Podcast. This is a bonus episode. That means if it's your first time listening, this might not give you a good idea what this podcast is about. It's a podcast to help you fall asleep. Now, if you're a regular listener, this is going to be unedited, uh, random weirdness, because I got extra room on my hosting spaces at the end of this month, the end of February, so I'm going to use it by offering you bonus material. Now, what am I going to do tonight? This is going to be bonus number one. I don't know how many I'm going to be able to bang out tonight, but I have no degree, no experience, no reasonable explanation why I should be doing this. But one thing that I know a lot of people sell, and probably a lot of people do it for free, but I haven't done my research, is like those guided meditation things to help people fall asleep. See, it's unedited. I just snorted, kind of. Um, so I'm going to do that. So go ahead. There's going to be no music, no nothing. So hit pause if you're not ready for bed, and you're not ready if you're a new listener. Oh, boy. This is going to be odd. But go ahead. Get in bed. And then I'm assuming now hit play. Or, okay, you're yeah, hit pause. And now you've hit play after you brush your teeth and you're in bed. So go ahead and curl your toes up. Squeeze them real tight. Yeah. Go ahead and make your ball up your fists and hold them. One, two, three. Yeah, good job. Take a deep breath. Let it out. This is the stuff they do in the guided meditation. So that's what I'm doing. Okay, go ahead and um, see what another muscle you could tense up. Go ahead and make some biceps. Wow, your biceps look great. If you're, you know, for you ladies out there, it's just the right size. <coughs> for you guys there, it's not big enough, but man, it's impressive. Believe me, that's a good bicep. <coughs> oh man, I'm coughing. I just was, I was coughing and then not thinking I was going to edit it out, but I'm sorry for coughing on you. Okay, so yeah, settle into your bed. Might you, is it Now might be the right time to uh, shut out your light and close your eyes and get in your sleeping position. Me, I've got multiple sleeping positions. I think I'm a stomach, stomach sleeper myself. I don't even know if that's recommended. You know, not that you're asking me for uh, personal information, but I have um, down pillows and a down comforter. I'm not sure if I'm allergic to down or not, but I might be. And I don't know if it's, why am I saying any of this? Because I'm trying to help you fall asleep, man. It's part of my big, big.
big plan. All right, so you're resting in bed now. You're trying to ignore the fact that I just wasted some of your time. Guess what? We're getting on a train. Yeah. So go ahead and put yourself here at the station. I'm waiting for the train. You got to take it on in your pocket. So you're going somewhere secret. Only you know where you're going. I guess it wouldn't sound like that, but the train's coming. You can see it, the horizon. It's pretty flat, so you can see far off a puffy puff of smoke, black smoke or gray smoke, depending on what your trains run on. It could be steam. It's coming down. It could be electricity. There might be no smoke. Your train's coming for you. Now people are starting to fill up the platform. Oh. Guy just nodded to you and grinned. He knows you. He likes you. He, he knows you. Unless you're a good person. Oh, look at that baby. Baby's laughing at you. Oh, you're so funny with babies, man. You, you're great. Yeah, you're so good with babies. You, you know, it's your natural. Oh, and here's the trains pulling into the station now. The brakes are squeaking and it's making that shh type sound it makes. Don't worry, it's one of those trains that's not bothered by gangsters or bank robbers or Billy the Kid, any of those guys. There's no, this is a mellow train, man. Train to Mellow Town. Well, I don't know where your ticket's going. Secret. Oh, what's that? I got you set all aboard. Looks like it's your time. Yeah, my audio recorder just made a weird sound, but I'm getting on the train. Oh, hey. Let me take your ticket, sir. Punch your ticket. You have a good day. We're going on a special trip. Ma'am, let me take your ticket. You're going to have a great trip, ma'am. Wow, you look great today. and You're going to have a wonderful, magical trip. And then you get on the train and you walk down the aisle. Oh, wow, look at those seats. They're leather. They're so puffy. It's a tire row for everyone. Got your own window, shutters. Oh. Oh, we go to a spot to put our bag up top. Yeah, go ahead and sit down. Oh. Last call, all aboard if you're not on. I hope you're on now. Yeah, train's pulling out of the station now. Making that sound. People are waving at you. Somebody's even running alongside the train trying to catch their long-lost love. Yeah, they ran into a pole, just like you'd expect. Now the train's picking up speed. Yeah. You look out the window. Sun's shining brightly. Kind of feels like the rays are right on your face. You rest your head against the window. Trains going back, forth. Almost feels like the rhythm of the trains with your heartbeat. Sun's warming you up. Kind of like you got a stomach full of ramen. 
warm ramen. Not too much, though. Just the right amount. Oh, someone coming through the beverage cart. I didn't know they did that on trains. Feels magical. What's your favorite beverage? Because they have it. Favorite pre-nap beverage. And they pour it for you. <coughs> <coughs> wow, that train smoke's brutal. Pour you your favorite beverage. Can you drink it? Oh, yeah. Might put you in the right spot, huh? Oh, you're a... That out there, some cactuses. They're waving at you. Wow, blowing kisses. You know, cactuses seem like they're perfectly designed to blow kisses. I mean, if they're shaped the right way. Blowing kisses. I wonder if a cactus kiss would hurt, but that's why they blow kisses. Those those don't hurt. Yeah, a little breeze coming in the window keep things from getting stuffy. The train just rolling back and forth. Your mind starts to wander where you're going. You picture it in your mind. Someplace safe. Someplace wonderful. Someplace where someone's waiting for you. Cares about you deeply. Someone You've been wanting to see for a long time. The train knows where you're going. Just like in the cartoons, the train's smiling and just chugging along. Knows it's on this special journey for you. Yep, and you're just rolling back and forth. Oh, look at that. Somebody's coming through with blankets and tucking you in. Type of person that's not offensive and doesn't feel like a perv. And they're just tucking you in in a non-perverted way. Like a very motherly way. Or if you have mother issues, a very... Like a butler way. Yeah, if you don't want your mom to do it. Motherly woman. A butler. Yeah. If not a butler. Oh, they got a basket full of puppies to do it if the butler won't do it. Oh, wait, they're putting baskets of puppies to everyone, see? Oh, puppies are... Oh, you tell me... Oh, wait, no, you like cats? Yeah, well, do you like cats or puppies? They got you, I guess. Must have been on your ticket. They're crawling up your blanket, tucking you in. Because the breeze is just enough to keep you cool. And the puppies and the kittens are just warm enough to keep you warm. Sun's going down. With it, your eyelids. You're sinking deeper in the sea. The sun is gone. Gone to rest. I mean, it's really not gone to rest. It's gone to southern hemisphere, the northern hemisphere do its work, but to you, sun's on break. Yeah, it's like it's, everything takes a shade of gray outside. 
You're just chugging along. You're in a forest. There's trees, possums, owl. Oh, yeah. This train is just the perfect motion. You know what you're thinking about now? Got a smile on your face, I noticed. Must be those puppies or those cats and that ramen and the drink you had. The fact that the seats are just so soft and perfectly shaped to have you sink deeper in. But yeah, you're smiling. You must be thinking about where you're going. You know, if you can't sleep, there's a guy friendly. And the guy, two rows down, he'll chat with you. You can tell him all about where you're headed. Um, you know, if you want a little heart palpitations, just get up and go into the next car. They call it the bar car in a normal train, but this is the beautiful people car. You know, let's go in there. And you, part of you can stay asleep. The rest with your smile. Other half, come on. Let's check out this beautiful people car. Oh, wait, everybody's glad to see us. Are are you guys clapping for us? Wow. Wow, these people are beautiful. Men, women. Look, there's a couple of 20-year-olds. A couple of ladies, a couple of gentlemen. Wow, 30-year-olds. It's got everybody in the spectrum. Oh, thanks for this. Is this uh, champagne or sparkling apple juice? Oh, well, great. It's delicious. What do you think? Oh. You. They're going to split us up, I guess, because, uh. Yeah, those two want your attention. They just want to lie down. Yeah, just drift back. No, don't worry. They have privacy screens. And they lie down. And they take over or they submit I guess I'm not sure because I'm not watching because of that privacy screen but yeah man I didn't know you could do that in your sleep so that's what that beautiful people car is wow they don't they should, I mean if they called it what it really was beautiful people orgy car I guess well it's not really an orgy because I can't see anything. In fact, it's the first thing from it. I'm just, you know, what? Oh, you're done? You want to come with me? I would go to the next car. I don't even know what's there. Okay, you ready? I'm going to open the door. Oh, wow. It's a menagerie car. Problem is, I don't know what menagerie means. I think it means parade animals at the circus. This thing, it's like a glass menagerie, but I don't know what that means. Is that a bunch of glass circus animals or like a car full of glittering lights? Wow, I gotta sit down. Oh, and the lights are dimming. It's like they're almost candle lights flickering. Oh, there's a fireplace in here too. Oh, is that a bear? No, it's just a bearskin rug surrounding us. I know, yeah, we don't need to get romantic. I'm just here to uh, narrate 
you can go back to the uh, beautiful people car if you need that. That other party is back there still sleeping. Rocking with the train. All the other party is rocking with the beautiful people car. Yeah, this party using the menagerie car. Oh, it's like little every little uh, fractal and image. Every piece of this broken mosaic in the ceiling and the sides it shows it. A little scene from your life. All the wonderful scenes. Wow. I don't remember you living such a great life, but you really have done a lot of nice stuff. You got a lot of people that care about you. Look at that lady, you even forgot about her. And that guy, you never thought he liked you, but he did. Fancy that. Yeah. She's playing like a movie. You almost forgot. But now we're back at your seat again because it's like you're waking from a dream. Where were you going? Was it someplace special? Because we're almost there. Yep. The train's pulling in. That person, I can see him. Oh, wow. They are smiling. So happy to see you. Yeah, it's a wonderful trip. You know, I'm glad we got to spend this time together, even though we didn't really talk. And some of that stuff you did sounded weird. I didn't look. Well, I peeked, but I didn't really see anything through the privacy screen. Just that weird thing. But I'm not going to judge what happens on the train stays, because it was all a dream. Yeah, everything's wrapping up nicely in the menagerie. The train's slowly coming to a stop. Big pudding going downhill, whatever that means. And there we are. Sounds again of the train. It's like a big exhale. You're relieved. You fall into the arms of this person. Yep. They tell you how excited they are to take you to this special place. Special place that's so safe. And then you drift. They have a giant bed for you. Drift deeper off. Deeper off until you get to that place. You're almost there. You've been there the whole time. That place is inside you. It is you. You are one, and you are both, united as one, as a whole, more than some of its parts. So have fun. Enjoy. Maybe you'll learn something. I'll see you tomorrow. The train back. But you don't have to show up. You can stay as long as you want. Hey, guys. Welcome to another bonus episode of the Sleep With Me podcast. If you've never listened to Sleep With Me podcast before, make sure you check out our other episodes on iTunes or on our website, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. This is merely a bonus episode because I have some extra hosting space at the end of the month, February. 
And I want to make sure to use it and give you guys a little extra, extra something, something. Oh, people don't say that anymore, and I can't edit it, so now I sound totally lame. <laughs> Man, seriously, I'm embarrassed. Yeah, I don't... But, yeah, so uh, this is a bonus episode. I'm totally off track, and this won't be edited. So this is a bonus episode. Sorry, it's unedited. If uh, you think regular episodes are weird, this can be even weirder. You can hear me moving around. I just kicked something. <clears throat> Because it's not perfect. It's just bonus. So yeah, like I said, this isn't what our normal episodes are like. If this is your first time here. If you're here before, it's not what our normal episodes are like either. And as I said in the last episode, if you listen and if you didn't, this is going to be kind of like one of those guided sleep meditations or guided visual imagery or something like that. But I have no degrees in anything. No experience. I've listened to a couple. I had to take a mandatory course one time. And uh, they gave us one of these CDs. And I got nothing against it. In fact, uh, yeah, that one's rated R or almost X. But if I told you that. But anyway, yeah, I've had some pretty cool. I've had a couple guide and imageries, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, that's lame. Number two. Uh, so, yeah, what you want to do is uh, after I'm done chitter-chatting, maybe you should be brushing your teeth right now. And then right now you can press play and then start it up. After you get in bed, or I guess you wouldn't have pressed play because then you would have missed this part. After, when I say five, four, three, two, one, press play, press pause. And then after you're in bed, with the ready to go to sleep, press play. So now five, four, three, and you understand like you're going to press play when you get in bed. Press pause now. Two, one, pause. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Guided Imagery by Dear Scooter. Let's go ahead and lie back. We're not going to get in proper sleeping position tonight yet. Just let your body sink into the mattress. You know, so let's uh, roll our shoulders together. Let's roll forward. According to uh, something I heard one time, people carry a lot of tension in their shoulders. I think it was somebody. Uh, so yeah, oh, I uh, uh, roll them backwards, I guess. And scrunch them. Let's see, yeah. I, fuck rolling them. Let's scrunch the shit out of them. Oh yeah. I'm like, like you remember those cartoons, No Neck Joe? It was like right around Spike and Neck Mike's Animation Festival. Anybody? Nobody. Okay. Well. That's when South Park debuted, so whippersnappers. Okay, scrunch your neck. Yeah. Okay. Oh, where else would there be tension? Yeah, you know what? I, I did this a while back. Let's squeeze your butt cheeks. Yep. Squeeze them and hold it. Three, two, one. By the way, you have an amazing set of butt cheeks. Or a butt. Sounds, yeah, great. You have a great ass, okay? I'm just saying that you do. I don't, I don't care what Bully said about it or that perv. He said you have like a whatever. Yeah. So let's tighten that, tighten that ass up. Hey, keep it tight. Come on now. We'll bounce a fucking penny off that ass. Five, 
four, three. You know, this, this is an explicit podcast, folks. Two, one. So I told you ahead of time, so don't come crying to me. If you put this on for your toddler, then they get up at breakfast. Hey, Mom, I'm going to bounce a quarter off your ass. You know, that's not part of the guided imagery. I was, I, was, I almost went into the zone. Um, yeah. For toddler. I mean, but that wouldn't help you fall asleep. So, um, okay, let's take a breath in. Wow, that's what they do. They do a lot of breathing in these guided things. It always ends up, a lot of times it ends up at like a log cabin lake house for me. And, uh, try to usually, um, you know, at some point in this podcast, we're going to cover lucid dreaming, but, you know, I do have lucid dreams occasionally, probably like twice a year. That's where you wake up in the dream and you know you're dreaming, but you don't wake up in real life. And I always try to steer it towards sex, obviously. And that was my guts and my insides just making a noise there. And, uh, it's not very, it's it, usually, if you, it's like one of those things you try to control it too much, then you wake up. Or just like in real life, uh, trouble scoring in my lucid dreams but hey let's not worry about that okay uh yeah yeah everybody do that that's uh my new mantra as of two seconds ago goes let's see uh put our hand on our chest on our sternum both hands. Okay, let's get into the imagery. You're sinking into bed. Sinking a little deeper. A little deeper now. Covers the warm water. Body temperature. floating just warm enough for you to be comfortable wow you didn't even notice but you're underwater breathing no problems at all kind of like fish you're going to the bottom like one of those flat stones like you're out on a lake and some kids are on the shore skipping stones. This one kid, he was one of those kids with the, one of the best stone skippers ever. Maybe that kid lives inside you, but he went back, he whipped it. That thing skipped 46 times. And now where that stone, after it, 46 skip, it plopped flutters to the bottom and it's deep because he threw it so far oh wait no I'm sorry that was a girl that threw that 46 times she had a ponytail but since she was facing me throwing the rock I'm sorry for that you know jerky judgment I'm on I'm like a stone sometimes with my rigid opinions and biases 
but I'm only human stone floating to the bottom. We're floating, flipping. Yeah, it's nice, actually. Oh, we just got to the bottom, but it's like a nice layer of loosely packed sand and non-gross algae. Like they call it pillow algae. It's like a little pillow catching us. And it's mixed in with uh, feather sand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're caught in a little bit of a tide. It's just going back and forth. If you could see me on video, just going left and right a little bit. And there's sunlight filtering in. Huh. I never noticed, but it looks like you have a tail. Oh. You seem to be growing, expanding beyond any horizon or internal limits with your tail. I got a couple flippers or something. Wow. Turning into the mightiest creature in the sea. Or, if my information is incorrect, one of the mightiest creatures in the sea. Like a giant blue whale. Wow, there's barnacles on you. You're beautiful. You are a beautiful mammal. Sea mammal. But a mammal at that. I can't believe we share the same mammalian features. Like being birthed by a mother and drinking our mother's milk, I assume. And having attachment parenting issues. Yeah. Wow. You are nice. You call that beautiful thing on your chin. Is that a chin? You got some nice cheeks, too. Those are almost like dimples. You just kind of, it's like you're almost floating in the water like you're a fish, but you're a mammal. Oh, yeah, I can see you want to exhale. A mighty exhale it will be. You go to the surface and breathe in. And then you exhale. Out that hole, I don't know if they call it a baleen or a blowhole. Where you come from, could be a air hole, you know. Yeah, that felt good, didn't it? No, you just kicked your tail. Oh, wow, we're off the coast of Hawaii. Perfectly clear, perfectly temperatured water. You know what the best part is? I think this is when our baleen comes in. It's time to eat some krill, man. Dive down. Nothing like warm krill. You open up your face thing. Yeah, you got all the krill in there floating through. Somehow the water's being cycled through, too. Yeah, I know it's the wrong time to ask you, but do you drink salt water? Or do you need fresh water? And... Is your milk salty? Oh, I should mind my own business, okay. Oh, you love that krill. It's 
Well, I didn't know you could eat krill while you were asleep. You're amazing. Can I just lie on top of you? I'm so small with your massive mammalian. Oh, you're really soft, even though you're tough at the same time. Settling in. You don't mind if I stay by your blowhole here. Just comforts me for some reason, like a belly button. I have my head on a, on a attractive belly. Yeah, it's nice. Just floating through the sea. You're thinking this is weird, but it's not. Because you're a giant whale, man. Like you think about second grade, first grade, kindergarten, all those grades. I don't know what you call them in the primary school. I think you call it over in Europe. But teachers used to talk about you and say you didn't know the difference between a blue whale and a gray whale. Well, you know, you're going to show them. Wait, there's your old school and all the teachers you don't like. Sink. Huh. You can choose what to do. Could drown them in krill or bob them up to the surface. I won't judge you because I'm sleeping. I didn't see anything. Okay? Go ahead and do what you need to do. I'm sleeping here. Wow. That must have felt good, whatever you did. Because you look great now. It looks like you, you, you aged in reverse. And I knew whales could smile, but not like that. It's touching my heart. I feel like I've been touched by an angel. Michael Landon has his arm around me. He's saying, great job, man. Great job. Looking at that whale's smile. If I could put my arm around that whale, I'd tell that whale they did a great job. Yeah, who knew your bed could take you? Fathoms. You're down fathoms now. I crush a normal human, but I'm not a normal human. I'm a, I'm a lunatic, so I haven't been crushed yet. Maybe because what made me a lunatic was being crushed. But anyway, you're a whale. You don't, you don't have time for that nonsense because you're, you're surrounded by whale. I don't know if you have blubber. It doesn't look like it to me because you're streamlined. Even your barnacles look good. Yeah. Oh, and now you just, uh, I came across a bunch of seals getting harassed. I don't know if you like seals or not. They're getting harassed by saber-toothed tigers, so go ahead and do what you need to do again. Yep. Yeah, let's break some ice. That was fun, you're right. Cracking ice is fun. Well, let's chew on some ice. Oh, you mean that chewing on ice means you're sexually frustrated? Oh, so I guess we we don't have teeth anyway. We can't chew it. Yeah, that's good. This is a good whaling. What do you say we uh, check out that submarine down there? Let's mess with it. We'll get up close and we'll make some whale noises. 
I'll make them soft, but they had the sonar on, and everyone has to listen on this submarine, so it's like, all the guys inside are crying, a couple of their ear. Oh, not the enlisted men, just the uh, evil members of the military-industrial complex, like the consultants and contractors or whatever. Yeah, and they didn't even get hurt that bad. You want to do it again? Okay, let's wait and let them think they're... Yeah, that was pretty good, too. You know what? You must be tuckered out. Oh, wow. What good timing, because we're in the Baja Peninsula. Yeah. You're just full of krill and sun, warm water, floating while temperature and the way it's rocking you is perfect, and you're just floating on water like it's thin air, drifting off. What a whale you are. You're the best whale ever. You deserve some rest after all that great stuff you did today. Thanks. Good evening. Welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to help you fall asleep. We do it with a bedtime story. And that story's going to take your mind off of whatever's keeping you up at night. Racing thoughts, intellectual thoughts, horrible thoughts, worries, confusion, overthinking, underthinking, whatever's bugging you. You just need to listen to my voice. And I'm going to distract you. But as I drone on and on, things are going to go from distracting to boring. But it's going to be like, poof, before you even know it, because you'll be drifting off into dreamland. If you want to check out older episodes, they're on our website, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com, or on iTunes. If you have a chance to review us and rate us on iTunes, that'd be great. If you have any feedback about the podcast, questions, comments, concerns, it's feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. And... We post all our show bloopers over on Facebook. That's the uh, place I decided to play, place the bloopers. So if you go to Facebook slash Sleep With Me Podcast, I think that's where we are on Facebook. And you can like us or follow us or whatever. And if you think I embarrass myself on the podcast, wait till you hear what I cut out. I really want to thank you for listening. And I hope I help you fall asleep tonight. Because that's what we're here for. So thanks. Tonight, we're kind of in an in-between spot on Sleep With Me podcast. We've just finished the first season of After the Glass Slipper. And we're getting ready to restart Get Besos. We're going we're to take a couple, couple episodes off and just play around. So tonight is a play around episode. And please, just like I said, any feedback. If you like these random episodes... Give me feedback. If you don't, say, hey, man, get to a story. And here we go with the newest episode of Sleep With Me. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this live broadcast of the 2014 Sochi Winter Olympics. I'm your host, Vic Balfour, 
And I'm here to cover you, and I'm with my uh, partner in the booth, as always, with, uh... yes, Victor, it's me, your partner in crime, Randy Staffordville. Yes, Vic, it's uh, me, your partner in crime, Randy Staffordville. All right, thanks, Randy. Whew, you are one exciting fellow, Randy, man. And we are here with the gold medal match, folks. So what you want to talk about exciting, we've got excitement. We are here, and you might remember from the 2010 uh, Olympics, uh, they were somewhere, Italy, or, uh, yeah, Turin, Torino, something like that. But do you remember, remember this uh, event? We're here with the uh, women's sleep-off. Last Olympics, this was a introdu- preliminary introductory type event. And we're here with the uh, gold medal match. And we have two amazing contestants vying for either the gold or the silver medal. I guess they're uh, both already winners in some some sense of the word. Uh, what do you say there? Uh, ah, yes, uh, yes, Victor. We have the uh, women's gold medal match tonight, and your listeners. And in, in the, uh, we have the. Uh, uh, yes, we have uh, two lovely competitors tonight. From the Ukraine, we have the number two sleeping, the number two female sleeper in the world, Zoryana Barabash. And she's from Ukraine. She's been sleeping since she was born. She took up competitive sleeping only a year and a half ago after she suffered a horrific injury in women's javelin throwing. Now, her competitor, we're all familiar with her competitor, the Golden Dove from Russia, the woman who invented competitive sleeping, Iriana Rasputina, the Golden Dove. Oh, she's lovely. Oh, she's she's coming out first. No sign of Zoriana yet, but Iriana. Looking lovely, I believe that's a uh, Calaviallo, whatever you say. Eduardo Calaviallo gown she's wearing. Uh, robe, Calaviallo robe she's wearing. Uh, the Golden Dove, she's a, you know, Russian pop star. We all know her. We all love her. Across the world. Iriana is lovely. Um... And, and get me right, she's uh, married uh, or engaged to uh, that Russian uh, plumbing magnet, magnate, magnet, uh, Timur Baskov, correct? Ah, yes, sir. He's the, uh, yeah, he, he uh, made his money in plumbing. Yeah, I heard he, uh, he bought up all the pipes and all of the domiciles in Russia. I guess uh, old uh, General Putin. Gave him the rights to buy all that. So, so uh, now uh, anybody wants to use a pipe, they gotta pay. Uh, they gotta pay the piper, as they say. Uh. Yes, it's uh, d- it's uh, reminiscent, you know, of art. Uh, you know, you're, you're like, do you need a privilege to pee now? If you want to pee, you need to pay. It's uh, it's quite uh, it's quite a thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so she married him, but uh, you know, well, or they're engaged, whatever. So she's looking great, Ariana. Now the Russians have this. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of debate since the U.S. did not meddle in this. The U.S. had had a 
we were supposedly leading the technology, leading the sleep technology race. And what part of it was a special sleep suit designed to maintain a body temperature of 62.75 degrees uh, before covers. Now, a lot of you know that uh, the covers are uh, part of the USOC, and you need one sheet, cotton sheet, 100% cotton. And these are all produced e- equally, uh, you know, inspected by the inspectors and such, and then one down comforter. So the body underneath the comforter would be 62.5 degrees. Then you factor in the comforter and stuff. But that didn't uh, help the U.S. get to sleep anymore. Now, the Russians, on the other hand, they're straight flannel. They're going with the regular a loose flannel, and they say it helps them stay cozy. And who's to uh, doubt? Iriana, she won last year's gold. Uh, Petrov Petrovsky won the men's gold match uh, just hours ago. So Iriana's looking good. She's checking out her bed. Now, we, now as many of you might know, and, and some of you might be new to uh, competitive sleeping, you know, there's two sealed rooms. They are, uh, they have, uh, you know, a judge sitting in between them. They can look in on either side. And Olympians cannot see out of the bedrooms and uh, slowly go dark. They start at, a, at dusk and they rapidly, after the, uh, the uh, sound, the horn to sound the start of the sleep off begins, you know, we have, you have a 10-minute wind-down time before the actual, where the Olympians are just allowed to wind down. We're not actually, you're not allowed to, you need to stay awake during that time. You can do whatever you wish. But most of the Olympians, they try to get into some sort of uh, meditative state uh, where Ariana, she has a little bit different. And we'll get into that strategy in a bit. But, you know, they're in the room, goes from dusk to dark in, the, in those uh, 10 minutes. Oh, and here we go. There's uh Soriana coming out. Oh, and she's wearing a full, a silk bodysuit, and it's uh, slightly hanging off her majestic frame. She is a lovely woman, a little bit different than Ariana, you know, but she uh, is proud. She's saluting the crowd, and we do have a crowd tonight, and they're not, as as many of you will know, we're in a soundproof booth watching this, and the crowd is not allowed to make any sounds or minimal gestures or you'll be ejected immediately. So the crowd is just smiling and blinking, and that's a way to show uh, who who they're for. And, and the thing is, um, and this has caused quite a bit of controversy, I'm not going to lie to you, here in Sochi, um, a lot of the people are behind Zoriana as opposed to Iriana. And that Irina, Iriana, Irina, Irina, Rasputina, right? Irina, okay. I'm sorry, my producer's uh, so Zor- Zoriana. Arena, so Zoriana is uh, supported by uh, most of the people associated, most of the attendees, even the Russian attendees. Uh, much to the displeasure of Irina Rasputina, and of course the uh, entire Russian Olympic team. You know they expected full support for, but I think it's just you fly too high, you fly too close to the sun. Are you with me over there, buddy? Yes, uh, I'm. I'm uh, in my um, sleeping zone. I'm sorry, my partner. Uh, yes, uh. There is some controversy about that because, you know, Irina, Iriana, Rasputina. Okay, we've got it. We've got it here. Irina, this is, this is only a, okay, I'm not, I, I promise I wouldn't say anything bad about competitive sleeping. So, yes, um, because she's a pop star, because she travels, uh, her and her, uh, her Timur, 
Baskov, Baskov, Timur Baskov, they live in New York City. So there's a, you know, a lot of jealousy there, I believe. And she's, she's striking, you know, it's been a long time since I've, um, laid eyes on someone that I just want to watch sleep. Um, so yeah, why don't you take it back over? All right. So, uh, both contestants are now in their booths and we have live feed from about 36 different cameras in the room we're looking at here. And, uh, let's see, uh, the judges has their hand. She has her hand in the air. The uh, judge, let me check my notes here. Uh, Gary, can you uh, tell me who the hell the judge is? Okay. The judge is Icelandic, and her her name is Frederica Slif. Slif. Could you just say it in my ear? Just say it in my ear. Slif. Frederica, it's not important. She's the judge from Iceland, and uh, she's raising her hand. And Okay, the, the horn is sounded. You might not have heard it. It sends out a, a vibration more than a sound, and both the uh, Olympians are in the room. Now, you might be asking yourselves, what's the history of uh, competitive sleeping? You know, what, why, is it at the, why is it considered an Olympic event? Well, you know, a lot of studies have shown that a Sleeping's not easy. I mean, people that struggle to sleep know all about it. And, uh, you know, you know, if you've been, if you've overdone partying or eating or caffeine or anything. And Olympians are highly charged folks. And it was actually the Olympians themselves. Um, I think it was in, uh, so Nagano, Nagano that, uh, the first, uh, it was, uh, right around the time that free running was going on where people would, Instead of skateboards, they would just use their feet and they'd be climbing up walls and it was based on some sort of martial art thing. And and a lot of uh, Olympians, especially guys, were kind of showing their stuff, running around like, hey, I can run up this wall, watch me, huh? And uh, there was another movement, is uh, mostly uh, a lot of the European males uh, from Italy, you know, France, Spain... You know, they, they, they didn't want to be bothered with, they called it nonsense, like, you know, Yankee pig dogs, even though it wasn't just Americans. But, um, and they started, you know, as a joke, they would see where they could fall asleep and they would try to fall asleep in the path of these free runners and trip them. And they would actually, they wouldn't be pretending that was their goal was to be actually asleep. And then the um, free runner would trip over them and fall down and everyone, except for the gap, runner, but if you're in the Olympics, you shouldn't be doing any free running unless you're done. So, yeah, that's the, uh, the sound. And it caught fire. Uh, these kids today, you know, people are seeing if they could. And it's actually a utilitarian thing to fall asleep. You know, are you asleep over there? Oh, yeah, yes. Uh, this, uh, so it caught fire, yes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, more and more people started. You know, uh, let's get to the, what's going on there with the uh, arena. Arena Rasputina, Miss Rasputina. Is that her, uh, when she's uh, recording the pop, she's a Rasputina, right? Is it with a, it's with a S normally, but with a Z, Rasputina. Like a raspberry Putin. Like a raspberry Rasputin. Okay. Uh, she's in there. She's doing some sort of stretching. And we're at a T minus, uh, I believe we've been about two minutes and a half. In, uh, and yeah, she's uh, stretching out. Uh, she seems to be uh, blowing out a lot. 
and that's to lower her oxygen usage and get her heart rate down. And let's see what's going on with Zoriana. Yes, uh, I've got uh, Zoriana right here. She's uh, she's it looks like she's doing some sort of uh, quiet talking. Her hands are folded. She seems to be muttering. That's uh, I believe that's praying. They call that. Oh, she's praying, and uh, that's to uh, that's to her God. Uh, she's pra- practicing. Uh, practice what? she's practicing something. Oh, practicing her religion. There's no notes here with her practicing. But, uh, yeah, so she's practicing praying. Okay, and uh, that's going to help her fall asleep. Now, just so you folks know, you might think me and my partner here are unprofessional. This is a, the first radio broadcast ever of the uh, competitive sleeping. And uh, we're the only media outlet covering it. It's because of this NBC app they have, and they said they promised full coverage, and they said if they couldn't, there's some law with cable companies, and I don't know. So we're here. We're not here to degrade this competitive sleeping, but we're, we're, we got called in at the last. I'm not supposed to say that on a, this is a live broadcast. Well, I don't care. Okay. So she's trying to sleep. She's praying, practicing religion. And, uh, oh, now she's standing up. And, um, oh, she, she, she's, uh, she has a pen and a paper. Is that a, a legal move? Well, yes, it is. Um, I'm, uh, as far as I'm familiar with the rules, uh, up until the 10 minute time, you can, um, I think you can write, you can read, you, you're allowed to, it's, it's basically like a free, free time. And, uh, we've got Irina over here. Irina Rasputina. She's, uh, she's, uh, listening to some music and it looks like she's singing. She's doing a little sexy little dance there. My goodness, those are flannels. They're making me hot. Okay, no, no, we're supposed to be here. This is a family broadcast. So, uh, yeah, um, I just wonder what Zoriana's uh, writing there. Cause you, could you, can we get a camera zoomed in on that? Oh, crap. It's not in English anyway. It's in Ukrainian or something. So uh, she's writing some stuff. She has a purple gel pen, which is very um, feminine, I'd say. Purple's not the most feminine, so it's like uh, she's somewhere between feminine and, uh, you know, she's a competitor. And what time, what do we got T-minus with? Uh, um, we're at about, we got about four minutes down till uh, sleep time. And um, what what do you know about the Zor- Zoriana? I mean, it's a, I like that name, Zoriana. Zoriana? Barabash? Barabash. 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 It's a lovely name. Uh, it's not quite as, it doesn't roll off the tongue like Arena Rasputina, but she was, she raised in a mountain village. Do we know anything about her? Do you, I mean, you guys got packages on every single speed skater. You got Bob Casas. Oof, okay, so let's just say she's, let's just make it up, folks. All right, uh, I'm going to go give it a guess. I, I could be wrong, but she's a beautiful girl. She was raised in the mountains of Ukraine. She, uh, her parents are hardworking folks, and they always taught her to believe in something. And she started believing the javelin at a young age because she thought that was the one way out of her village. And uh, 30 years ago before that, the great Soviet javelin thrower Zoryono Barbasho was from her same village, and she was throwing javelins all over the place. And she actually impaled uh, Zoryana's uncle, Gary, uh, with a 
thing and she was tried and she was let off and then she won um i believe she won a bronze medal uh, at the uh 74 something and uh so yeah, that's uh that's that's her story arena rasputina's story can you take over uh oh yes uh rasputina rasputina Arena Rasputina, I'm here to show you my Fofina, something like that. She's a, she, there's a movie about her. It's called, uh, oh, what's it called? There's a little man, like a troll-like man, and they have a battle over math, and she sings him to death or something, I believe, and that's her life story. I believe she was uh, attacked by a teacher um, for singing in class, and he was killed in some the teacher perch uh from where wherever she's from where they kill all those teachers good t- sad stuff all right well um okay let's see zoriana is now um cli- climbing into bed she has a uh, silk jammies on as we call them. Do they call them jammies what do they call them is there like they call them uh more we're calling them jammies so she's got her silk jammies and uh you know what's what's the strategy here? We're about uh, one thirty away from sleep time. Uh, what do you got over there with Arena? Arena is um, looking herself in the mirror. So there's no mirrors in the room, so she's just kind of staring at herself. I think she's getting a reflection off of that uh, that um, that glass that is used for the, the camera glass. I think she's getting a yeah off the camera glass. It must be and. Uh, yeah, she's looking at herself. She's straightening her hair. And she seems... Oh, I thought she was praying, but she seems to be making some sort of list. I don't know. Um, I don't know what she's doing, to be honest. She's, she's doing something weird. All right, well, Zoriana's fully in bed now. She has the covers up. She's, uh, she, she looks like she's, um, she's a... Is she a back sleeper? Do we have notes on their sleeping strategy? No, we don't. Uh, well, she's, she's lying on her back. She's got two pillows under her head, which I don't know. I'm no chiropractor, but I, I can't say that's how I'm going to recommend that. And we're at about, uh, we've got uh, T minus 35 seconds to go. What do you have with that, uh, Iriana? Okay, she's in uh, bed now. Um, she's on her side, and she's in a kind of a dog curl, I'll call it, where she's kind of curled up. Like a like a like a little puppy dog, and I I can't I can't tell you I'd love to be uh, okay. No comments about it. Oh well, I'm just saying. I mean, yes, she's curled up like a dog. She doesn't have any pillows. All right, folks, we got eight, seven, six, five. What happens after we count two and one? What happens after we count down? Oh, they just try to go to sleep. Okay, and how long? What's the world record here? Well, you see, they have these uh, electrodes on their brains, and then the uh, room does a bunch of heart monitoring and temperature monitoring. So we know for a fact when they reach uh, a deep sleep state, so they can't fake it. Uh, the world record is, uh, we're 23 seconds in, the world record is, actually, it's, you know, you'd think it'd be like 30 seconds. It's uh, um, 2 minutes and 27 seconds. So we've uh, kicked off here, and we're at 35 seconds. Okay, so is there anything we should be looking for? Because I'm looking over at Zoriana Barabash, and she's uh, she seems to have turned over. She's on her stomach. She has a pillow like in her right arm, like she's strangling someone. 
and then her left arm it seems to be dug into her forehead is that uh is that a is uh, what's going on with their Rasputina? Uh, oh, our little Rasputina, she's uh, still in her dog position. She's uh, breathing like a dog, too. Her dog, it's, oh, I, I would like to, I mean, and this is not a sexual thing, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'd like to put my head against her back and just listen. Listen to her breath and listen to her heartbeat and, you know, just be in the room with her. And so, now, uh, what are the rules with the blankets? Because I noticed they both, you, okay, well, you do have to have the blankets on you at all times, at least up to your armpits. And uh, so they're both right now within the uh, remains of the room. We're at uh, 40, we're either 44 seconds or a minute and 44 seconds. I am not sure. Yeah, where is, is there an official clock? Uh, uh, yeah, the uh, Icelandic woman has a watch. Okay, and uh, what happened with the, uh, how, how, what, what, what did it take for them to get here? Uh, well, there was um, mm, a Gary. Do you have uh, what 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 uh, what it took for them to get here? Okay, uh, thanks, Gary. Yeah, there was uh, some qualifying matches, and they came out on top. And apparently, there was a bronze medal match. Uh, the U.S. lost that match. The U.S.'s entry was Sheila Vixen. And she's from Tallahassee, Florida. And she was up against. She is up against. She, okay, we don't. We're going to get that information about you for the bronze medal. Uh, we're at. It looks like we're at um, like uh, two or three minutes here. And what's going on with Ariana? She's still not moved. But um, I noticed some agitation with one of her eyes. I'm noticing. Uh, one of her eyelids is uh, pulsating. All right. Well, let me get a, get a good look at this Zoriana. Zoriana Barbash. Barbash. She is. She hasn't. She's not moved either. Oh no! Wait. Her elbow seems. She seems to be tapping her elbow. That's strangling the one pillow. And I know she also has a pillow jammed under her left uh, shoulder between her. Shoulder muscle in her breast, or breast, can I say breast, is a breast bosom. Um, and she's um, a bust, busty woman. Now, um, not not to get out, this is an actual technical question. What do you think? Is it this a bra situation or a non-bra situation? Well, uh, I think if this is a gold medal match, um, from what I've read, is that uh, bras do restrict sleep. Um, you know, science is still out, but... According to, uh, I, I literally read this on the internet trying to get ready for this thing, and it does say the braless sleep is better. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, that would make sense. I mean, I don't like to wear, um, I, the girdle, oh, never mind about the girdle, but yeah, I don't wear a girdle, but let's just put it that way. I would never, if I ever wore a girdle, I would not wear a girdle. Just be, yeah, I mean, I work golf, so, um, people wear girdles, you know golf commentators so fyi no one's gonna hear this crap anyway yes um wow you you i mean i can see why you wear a girl you 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 do have well okay oh wait a second we've got Ariana just changed positions oh my goodness i mean this has got to be we're in um four or five six minutes here and she's uh she's rolled over from the dog position to a a crescent moon position 
and uh, she has a pillow under her head now, and she has another pillow covering her head. Um, okay, and her knees, her knees are drawn up now. She's kind of in a G. What about uh, Zoriana? Whew, this is um, unbelievable. I'm going to tell you what. Um, she seems to have fallen asleep. Uh, she hasn't friggin' moved, and I can actually see drool coming out of her mouth. So I don't know what this Icelandic lady's doing, but uh, I gotta say this is uh, this is the best I've ever seen. Watching people go to sleep. I mean, now I'll be honest with you. I had to watch two, two. Um, yeah, these are beautiful women, so it does add some level of my interest to watch them fall asleep. But I mean. This is just how do they consider this competitive? And there's some uh, air conditioner in here is banging, Gary. Can you hear that? It's going to throw off this whole competition. Now, um, this Icelandic lady still hasn't called it. I'm trying to get her attention. Can you uh, can you take this? I'm going to go out and try to get. Okay. Um, let's see. I don't have any more notes here, but uh, I want to tell you that, uh, you know, Oh, my God. All right. I just got handed a note. I went outside. Now, I've got some terrible news. The contestants don't know this, but the Russian police have arrived. They're outside. Apparently, Zoriana Barabash is a member of that. Um, uh, can I say that? Gary, can I say that? Can I say that? The riot. She's mad. I can't. She's a member of the riot, the vaginal riot, but it's not vaginal. It's the other riot. The one, the, oh, like the Pussycat Riot, right? The Pussycat Riot, right? Wow, that was good, man. You you just nailed that. You just nailed that. Oh, thanks, buddy. Uh, you think, uh, what do you think, Soriana? I mean, uh, you think Irina would, uh, uh, no, nah, she's married to some guy that's handsome and rich. Uh, so no, he's an oligarch or a megalo, megalomaniac oligarch. What's the difference? Do you know what the difference I was wondering this is what's the difference between like the oligarchy and what we got with um, the businesses running anything? Because I heard somebody else use another word other than oligarchy, pedagogy, or something. Um, okay, so let's get back to it. Gary said I got to get back to this. So apparently she's um, wanted in Russia. She's uh, some sort of Ukrainian um, women's rights activist. She wrote a song called. Um, Push it in Putin. Wow, that's. Um, I wish we could get. Could we get some audio of that? And uh, apparently they're going to arrest her now. Um, we're waiting for word from the uh, Olympic Committee on whether they can disturb this match. Um, uh, well, her coach is now fighting. We've got a couple of Russian authorities approaching her room, and her coaches are fighting. Wow, this is quite. This is getting. And uh, and Zoriana's sleeping right through it. I I think I would. Ask. I mean, she's sleeping right through it. They're trying. They're fighting right in front of her door now. Uh, wait a second. Uh, what's going on over there? Your aunt is up, uh, and uh, she seems to be disturbed by it, even though they can't see anything. And the rooms are supposed to be somewhere. She sees. She's like a dog looking around, like something. Something's going on. Now she's trying to open her door. Oh wow! This is. Uh, and what's the Icelandic lady? What are you doing down? She's just standing between the two. Because folks, we're looking down. We're we're up here. We're up in the uh, you know stadium rafter stuff, and we're looking down. It's like kind of two boxes. Like you lock Hannibal Lecter in both of them, 
if he was going to sleep and uh, be observed or such, whatever. But this, so we've got the Russian police, and oh, they've started to. Uh, oh, I guess they taste that woman. That was the coach. She's down, and now they're trying to get the door open. The Icelandic woman's pointing at her watch, and she's blowing the horn, folks. So we have. We're going to have to wait till this gets sorted out and we don't have any commercials to go to because this is a, uh, what do you, what do you think? What's going on? Iriana's out and she's, uh, she just spit in one of the officer's face. And I think in Russia, that's a capital offense. Oh God, this is terrible. Like they're going to go in that they're going in and they're taking her. They're just charging right into her bedroom. She's sound asleep and they're taking her out and, oh wait, they're having trouble moving her. Huh? It's like we've got two Russian police officers. They look like they're about 25 years old, these guys. Very crew cut. Um, can I say uh, – I can't say anything like that, huh? Uh, Gary, can, what, what can I um, – what sort of uh, – is this like – are they like young fascists or something, Gary? Uh, Gary says they're official Russian police and I should watch my tone. So, yeah, they're they're trying to get her out of bed, but she's so asleep that it was, it's like – uh, she's made a jelly or something. That's, oh, yes. And, uh, 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 they're, 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 oh, the other officer, oh, Iran just bit that officer's hand, the other officer. So they're never going to, oh, and she's on his back now. Oh, she bit his ear. Oh, this is crazy, man. This stuff is awesome now. And, uh, what's it? The Icelandic woman, she just pulled a knife. Oh, yes. She's, uh, she's cutting that, that, that other officer's, uh, Achilles tendon. Oh, goodness. Oh, 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 dear. There's about 600 other policemen just right now. Oh, they just, okay. Hmm. This is sad. Oh, no, good. Well, folks, oh, not the Icelandic woman. I think they're neutral. Oh, that was, oh, my God, I'm never. Let's just have a moment of silence here, folks. We've lost uh, two Olympians, gold medalists, silver medalists, former medalists, I'm sure, at this Icelandic judge. It's a a sad day in Olympic history. Um, It's probably deleted from the NBC service like it never happened because the Russians are are working their way up, pulling members of the media out of their... But I want you to remember... uh, Zoriana Barabash and uh, what's the other name? Irina Rasputina with with Irina Rasputina is her her pop name but Rasputina I believe is her uh, actual uh, surname. So we lost both them and the Icelandic lady. So folks, uh, I'm sorry. It's a sad day for us here at the Olympics. This is the first year that this, this, uh, I mean, those of you that were witnessed the, uh, bronze medal match, I'm sure it's much more not like this. We're way over, uh, time for any world records or Olympic records. So, wow. I mean, I've witnessed, I've been doing fourth, third, fourth tier Olympic events for three Olympics now, folks, you know. Stuff at the velodrome in the summer. That's where the bikes. And, you know, here, 
strange stuff with uh, cross-country skis and, uh, you know, sh- but I've never seen anything like this, folks. I've never seen anything. I almost understood the rules of this one. So I don't know. We're going to have to check with. Oh, okay, folks. The Russian authorities are here. And we'll be uh, You know, please. Uh, uh, yes, hello. This is. Um, I am. I was a spokesman from, uh, from America Television here to talk to you. There was a mix-up um, with the, uh, this was the, uh, this, you broadcasting, those of you listening on the internet, was a comedy show about, uh, uh, not about the Olympics, this is nothing, uh, the Ukraine was perpetrated by the people in Ukraine for embarrassing purposes for His Majesty Vladimir Putin, Putin, Vladimir Putin, uh, the names Oriana Barbash, Barbash, and uh, Irina Rasputina, though she's she's merely an actress that is uh, playing, and uh, Timur Askov is non-existent. These are uh, things that uh, the capitalists from the United States and uh, Barack Obama, the American media, and the people of Ukraine have tried to embarrass our country. So. You're just listening, you know that, okay? Like, um, we have the Sochi Olympics. People come, this is the last day of our Olympics. This file, if not deleted, if you found your home outside the U.S., you know, you're not coming to Russia because this is propaganda. We are kind people. The people of Ukraine are the ones, the fascists, okay? So just remember, you know, the cream rises to the top. Okay, I know a lot of you in America know that, and a lot of you don't. So, you know, and you might be saying to this not a Russian accent because it's not. I work for the uh, Russian embassy. I am a spokesperson, and I'm just trying to keep you guys with a cool head. There is no such thing as sleeping Olympic sleep off. It is a manufactured Olympic event by NBC Corporation, uh, which is run by um, people with an agenda. If you listen on the Internet, you know. You don't listen to the message. You listen to who's giving it. Okay? So people that are giving the messages like these, they have an agenda, a secret agenda that is, you know, not for Mother Russia. It's against us. So just know there's no Olympic sleeping. It would be ludicrous to think that there was this Olympic sleeping event that you might remember hearing an article or two about from Torino or maybe at Salt Lake there was even a test run there but those articles are lies the articles about Torino they'll be gone from the internet tomorrow because they were lies yes sir your grandmother says she saw something or she was there because she's Italian or whatever it didn't happen in this Olympics there was no women's sleeping event no men's sleeping event, despite what you may have heard, does not exist. Okay? So just calm it down. We're not crazy. The Olympics is about stuff happening, not people sleeping. Okay? So, you know, you think about sleeping, okay? You go to sleep, and I will reprogram your mind, okay? So go to sleep. Go, okay, sing your song, and you forget all about this, okay? But I should good. 
go to sleep, go to sleep. The Ukraine is evil. We had Russia are so kind and full of love and joy. Yankee media hypnotize you so you remember good stuff. We at Russia, we've tried lots of stuff to help every person go to sleep. Good evening. Welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to help you fall asleep. We do it with a bedtime story. And that story's going to take your mind off of whatever's keeping you up at night. Racing thoughts, intellectual thoughts, horrible thoughts, worries, confusion, overthinking, underthinking, whatever's bugging you. You just need to listen to my voice. And I'm going to distract you. But as I drone on and on, things are going to go from distracting to boring. But it's going to be like, poof, before you even know it, because you'll be drifting off into dreamland. If you want to check out older episodes, they're on our website, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com, or on iTunes. If you have a chance to review us and rate us on iTunes, that'd be great. If you have any feedback about the podcast, questions, comments, concerns, it's feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. And... We post all our show bloopers over on Facebook. That's the uh, place I decided to play, place the bloopers. So if you go to Facebook slash Sleep With Me Podcast, I think that's where we are on Facebook. And you can like us or follow us or whatever. And if you think I embarrass myself on the podcast, wait till you hear what I cut out. I really want to thank you for listening. And I hope I help you fall asleep tonight. Because that's what we're here for. So thanks. And tonight we have another simple bedtime story. It's called The Elf Who Wouldn't Listen. And the elf who wouldn't listen, her name was Orange Lux. She was a forest elf. In particular, she was a deciduous forest elf, born deep in a deciduous forest. The kind of forest where the leaves change color and fall off the trees. Kind of like the woods not that far from your house. A temperate deciduous forest where they fall off because it's the temperature changes, it gets colder, as opposed to a subtropical or tropical deciduous forest where <laughs> it uh, changes because of the rainfall. You know, so hey, hey, Ken Jennings, look out. Somebody, one of my podcast listeners is coming for you, buddy. There's a question on deciduous forests. They may or may not have the correct information I may have given them. Let's get back to Orange Lux. Fuck Ken. No, I love Ken Jennings. I was going to say fuck Ken Jennings, but Orange Lux was a, a pleasant little, little forest elf. A couple things you should know about deciduous forest elves is that they are community elves, so there's really no parents. I don't want to get into the whole reproductive process of forest elves because... You know, I don't have uh, enough uh, elf dolls to demonstrate their reproductive process, but needless to say, there aren't two parents. The elves are raised in community, 
and by community. The citrus forest elves have the stereotypical large ears you expect to see on elves, or sometimes on gnomes. Certain gnomes. We're, we're not talking about Lord of the Ring type elves. We're talking deciduous forest elves and Christmas elves, obviously, since they're north. They both, well, I don't know if they're all north of the equator, but more, more these are more similar to Christmas elves, but not exactly the same. They have bigger ears, for one. Deciduous forest elves have large ears, as I already said. And the essential function that deciduous forest elves play, and from now on, I'll just call them forest elves for sanity's sake. So yeah, we're going to call them forest elves. They play a large part in hibernation, in the hibernation of the forest animals. And we'll get into the details later, but that's essentially the uh, function these forest elves serve. You know, they live in a a little ecosystem, and they're part of the ecosystem. It's making sure everybody is ready for hibernation. So back to Orange Lux. Orange Lux, she was, you know, one of those people that's just born different. As a little child, she was always more quiet than the other elves, more serious. She was prone to staring. Even as a baby, she would just stare at adults or other things for hours at a time and always creeped all the other elves out. And why, why is she staring at that rock? You know, Orange Lux, Orange Lux, look over here. Look, there's a bunny. It's moving around, bouncing. Well, now she won't Now she won't stop staring, staring at the bunny. And, you know, when people are different, they get picked on. And, and they get picked on a little bit by adults for being the same and, and by other kids. Oh, and one more, one more thing about Orange Lux is that she, she was born without any earlobes which contributed to the making funning. So Orange Lux had no earlobes. And the one knock on her, even from a little baby, was that she she wouldn't listen. And all the adult elves used to say, uh, you know, when I talk to this Orange Lux, she just stares at me. And then, you know, you know the kid that stares too much to begin with? It's like, hey, hey, Orange Lux, drink some more milk. Just stare at me. Like, be looking at me. Like, who are you to tell me to drink milk? I got 46 other parents telling me to drink milk. I don't need, and I know to drink milk. And then she'd drink the milk. She just, she just, she just couldn't listen or wouldn't listen. They could never figure out, you know, they had all these tests done by the elf doctors. And they're like, no, it's not that she can't listen. Her ears seem to work fine. You know, we've run, run through all a battery of, uh, pseudoscience medical tests, you know, here in this, uh, inside this tree, tree stump. And yeah, she checks out just fine. Her hearing is fine. So it's either something in between the ears that's not related to the ears, or it's the lack of earlobes, or maybe she's just willful. And you know, in a community that depends on community, that's a dirty word, willful, ego. So that was what was whispered, is that maybe she's so quiet, she's up to something, she's selfish. And if she went to school and she was taught lessons, she had this habit that would drive the adults crazy. They'd say, um, would you like to say, uh, need you to uh, do this uh, math equation. What happens when you have three acorns and you take six acorns away? She'd say, so you need me to do the, this equation. You need me to take three acorns and tell you how many I'd have left if I take six away. i say, yes. Okay, so that's what you want me to do. Yes. It would become this rigmarole. And then finally, she'd probably answer the question. At that point, she'd be like, well, I don't, you know, that question doesn't really have an answer. You'd have negative three acorns, which is impossible. 
Horn sucks. Could you uh, pick up that uh, bark that fell off your plate there? If you want me to, you, you want me to pick up this bark here that fell off my plate? Yes, Orange Luck. So, I'm gonna. If you want me to pick up this bark? I say, Orange sucks. Uh, come here, come here. You want me to come here? You want me to come here? Come here? Come here? As in, you're here. So, you want me to come there? And she always said it in a kind of a matter-of-fact manner. And it was really confusing. Is she being willful or is there something really wrong with this elf? Or, you know, and elves are, especially deciduous forest elves, are incredibly patient creatures. So they kept trying and, they, you know, they kept warning her. And deciduous forest elves love stories. So you know, after a while, they'd say, hey, orange sucks, come over Again, she'd be like, we'd come over here, come here. And I'd be like, no, 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 let's not do that. Just let me, I have a, I have a story to tell you. So you're going to, you, you want to tell me a story? You have a story you're going to tell. Okay, Orange Locks, just listen. So you want me to listen to to your story that you were talking about earlier? Or and they'd hold their hand. A lot of them would hold their hand over her mouth or give her a shush. Then they'd take their health breath. Orange Locks, once upon a time, there was a little bunny. This bunny had the biggest tears in the forest. But the bunny never listened to its mother. Its mother would say, Go where you like, but don't go over there where the cats live. And she would say, Okay, mother, okay. But I'm the fastest bunny with the biggest ears, so I could hear a cat coming from miles away. And the mother would say, Don't go in the garden where the cats are. You can go anywhere on our side of the marsh or wherever the bunnies lived but don't go over there and uh then one day the bunny said oh i'll hear the you know and she went over and she thought oh i'll hear it and then the cats got her orange locks and they ate her because you'd never hear a cat coming unless you listen to your mother and she would that's why she was telling them you know and orange locks would always be like wow like kind of creeped out hmm and then she would kind of think about it and she So the size of the bunny ears are not related to how well they can hear? Like, no, 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 no. The moral of the story is, oh, forget it. And then, you know, another doll post. Oh, orange like, you know. And they, at this point, they just, hey, I got, I got something to tell you. And they cover their mouth. And, you know, once upon a time, there was a brook. And it was called the Babbling Brook. And it would babble all day long. But the brook never stopped to listen. And then one day, the brook was still babbling on and on like this. And because it was babbling, it couldn't hear anything. What it couldn't hear was that the beavers were coming to dam it up. And the beavers dammed up the water. And it stopped. And then the brook stopped babbling. And then there was nothing to hear because the brook was gone. Because it was babbling instead of listening. Orange looks a bit, hmm. So, if a brook dries up, it's dead. Is that, is that correct? Well, well, orange looks, um, and... Beavers kill brooks. Got it. 
this would go on. I mean, this went on hundreds and hundreds of times. You know, say, uh, hey, Orange Lux, come on over here. I need to, uh, whatever. Orange Lux, could you not speak? Do you don't want me to speak? Right, starting now. Don't speak starting now. Like, oh, Orange Brook or uh, Orange Lux, did anyone ever tell you about the tree? That uh, forgot to shed its leaves. You know, the, this tree, it said it had the most beautiful voice in the forest, and the tree loved to sing. Is the singing anything like the babbling of the brook? No, no, no. This tree would sing, and it had these great, huge trunks and green leaves. And one day it was just singing and singing. And it sang all the way through spring. Till it grew and its leaves flowered and its fruit, the animals took everything. And it sang all through summer. But the thing was that it fell in love with its own voice and it kept singing straight through to fall. And it never forgot to take off its, it forgot to drop its leaves. And so then one day a winter wind came and blew the tree out of its roots and away. And the tree was gone forever. And it never sang again, except when it was getting blown away, it was singing in pain, Orange Lux. So think about that. Orange Lux said, hmm, okay, so, um, tri- tri- I thought, you know, one of the forest rules was, isn't it the, our job to remind the animals when to hibernate? Is it our job to remind the trees when to drop its leaves? Or is mother's Mother Nature's job to tell the tree? So shouldn't Mother of Nature, even though the tree was singing, shouldn't Mother of Nature interrupted the tree? And why would the tree make? Why did the tree make Mother Nature? Um, why did Mother Nature make the tree sing so loud that she couldn't hear when it was time? Oh, never mind, orange hugs. And so yeah, like I said, this went on oh, hundreds of stories here, but I'm gonna. Leave it at that, and they, uh, finally all the adult elves got together, and they said, what are we going to do about this orange lux? She's just so exhausting to deal with, and, and she just doesn't listen, this girl. She just doesn't want to listen. She won't listen. She always has something to say. You know, you, she's either got to say what you said, or she's got to ask you these questions, but she can't just do it. We, we're action elves. We do it. And um, the head of the school raised her hand, and she said, you know, the big uh, hibernation test is coming to see who's ready for next this upcoming hibernation to help. And, you know, there's all these listening tests and and the children, you know, either they pass or fail and then they have to repeat a grade. I think we should have Orange Lux go first in front of the entire school and she could do her test and all the other kids could watch. And then we can decide what to do about Orange Lux. That the teachers broke the news to, uh, they said, okay, uh, Orange Lux, you're going to be the first one to take your test to see if you're ready to work at this year's hibernation. And if you fail, we're going to have to see, you know, maybe you'll pass next year. But we've never had anyone fail before, so I hope you're able to listen and be able to take this test. And you're going to be the first one taking it, and you'll take it in front of everyone. So make sure you study, study good. And the adults sent her off to study with the study materials. They do have study materials. Of course, she recycled everything the adult just said to her. But I don't want to waste your time. I know you're already asleep or trying to sleep. 
And like, as I said, this isn't kind of test any, uh, any, um, any deciduous forest elves normally fail when they're the right age and the right age is the right age as the community decides. And usually they don't take it in public or if they do, it's just such not a big deal because it's just kind of a, it's just a hearing test. It's not, you'll see when we get to the test, it's not that big a deal. Did I already say big a deal? But whatever. And I guess the uh, community was just hoping the humiliation, the third humiliation would threaten Orange Lux enough to just finally listen. So they put their feet down and they're willing to risk this poor girl's self-esteem for the thing. So the t- day of the big test comes and they call the entire community around and they're this giant cave, underground cave, where they have the test. And all the old, wise, wise, uh, older elves are the ones that conduct the test. The test masters, they call them. And they call and say, who's the first initiate? And they call Orange Lux, you know, before them. And the thing is that usually they stack the test in reverse since it's in front of all the other kids that are going to take the test. That, um... You know, the kids that are going to definitely going to pass flying colors go first, so all the other kids can basically cheat. So, by having Orange Lux go first, it's a little bit out of protocol. So, they call her in and they say, Okay, Orange Lux, you are the first initiate. Are you ready for the test? She said, Are you asking if I'm ready for the test? Yes, Orange Lux, are you prepared to take this test? So, do you want to, you want to know if I'm prepared to take this test? Whether, do you want to know if I'm actually prepared? Isn't the test going to say, wouldn't the test test if I'm prepared? Okay, we're going to begin the test. So you're going to begin the test. So, Orange Lux, please do not respond in to our questions, but merely respond with the answer to the test. This is a test to see if you're ready to help Mother Nature in preparing for the hibernation season. And you don't need to say anything right now. Just when I point two fingers at you and nod. And that will be when you need to answer the question. So your first test, Orange Lux, is the old plunking of the acorn test. Now this is the test you're listening, as all our tests are. And as you might remember, it's very important to be aware of at what rate the acorns are plunking from the trees to the ground. Because when the acorns are plunking at a certain rate, which we have educated you at school, of a rate of certain so many for a minute per day, we need to go to the squirrel and say, Brother Squirrel, it's time to gather your acorns. It's time to gather your acorns, Brother Squirrel. You know, the time has come to gather your acorns. Don't make haste, make haste. The winter's coming. So that's our job is to warn the squirrels. So go ahead, clear your mind. You may close your eyes, Orange Lux, and listen for the plunking of the acorns. And when you think it is time, say, Brother Squirrel, Brother Squirrel. Okay, begin. And at first, you know, it's a a pretty standard plunking test if you've never taken one. Usually, I guess when a hearing test I took, it was the opposite. I'd be plunking like those tongue depressors into something. But anyway, so... Orange Lux just sits there, and somewhere behind her, which you can't see, these old guys are just dropping acorns. Oh, by a little, like, first they're dropping one, then they're dropping two, then they're dropping, you know, more and more. 
Fanny Orange Lux stands up and, and she, uh, she says, brother, brother squirrel, sister squirrel, brother squirrel, sister squirrel, a terrible warning, a terrible warning, terrible warning about the acorns. I have a terrible warning about the, whoa, 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 whoa. Orange Lux, what are you doing? You're not saying the proper, the proper words are brother squirrel. So you could say sister squirrel's fine. That's very nice of you. Brother squirrel, sister squirrel, make haste, make haste, you know, tell, tell him to start. Wait, wait, what, 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 what was it? Why, why did you change that? That's one of the things you learned. Those are some of the first words you're ever supposed to speak. Make haste, make haste. Winter's coming. Oh, well, you're asking me why I changed the words, because, I, um, the, the rate of acorn drop in the past three years, and as far as I could tell from other things I've gathered, is that that it's inconsistent with your current acorn dropping. And because you were dropping them in the old traditional manner, like right now, the way you were dropping them was kind of like A, A, B, 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 A, A, B, 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 A, 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 B, 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 C, 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 And we know when it goes from C to Z, Right in there is the sweet spot. That was traditional, what we we're educated on. But, you know, it's no longer doing that. It's kind of going, there's a weird process, and I, I don't understand. So because it was dropping the old way, I um, I wanted the squirrels to get as much. I just wanted to alert the squirrels that, you know, if they had adjusted to the new way, you know, they probably have that, that, that this old model was back in place and that, and it's just staring at her. Okay, one incorrect. Okay, Orange Lux. So for our next test, um, we have another important listening test. This test is called the Sighing of the Bear's Test. As you know, when a bear starts to sigh, more often it means it's tired. But bears don't know they're tired, and when they don't know they're tired, they get grouchy. But not only that, the sign in the bear is a universal sign for all animals. It is time to prepare for the winter rest. They need to, to nest, as the birds would say, and prep their bedding. So the sighing of the bears is a very important thing. You need to know how deep is the sigh. How tired is the sigh, Orange Lux? So you listen, and then you say, Brother Bear, Brother Bear, it's time to prepare your bed. Brother Bear, tell the other animals it's time to sleep. Other brothers and sisters of the forest, it's time to sleep. Brother Bear is preparing his bed. Make haste, make haste, winter's coming. Okay, Orange Chuck, so you got me? You just gotta do it when it's inside. Yes, like this. Just nod, Orange Chuck. You want me to nod? Okay, so... They sit her back down and they go behind her, these old guys, or old elves. They start You know, different guys sighing, different elves. Mm. Uh. Uh. 
Uh, 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 oh, oh, brother, what, uh, uh, brother Bear, it's me, Orange Lux. Um, I was wondering uh, if everything's all right because, according to what I can tell, is you, you didn't sleep the last two winters, and you slept a little bit during the spring and summer and fall. So it seems you've changed from um from a hibernation strict hibernation thing to just um sleeping more kind of like us elves. I mean, we take a slight hibernation. They call it this, these guy. What well, orange lux? What do you? You're not allowed to talk to the bears, especially sleepy bears like us. We're gonna maul you, orange lux. I'll rip your face off because we're tired, angry bears, and you're supposed to tell us to go to bed and make haste. Well, yeah, yeah uh, Professor. Um. Bears, they, they stopped hibernating at least three winters ago. Now, I'm not old enough to know when this started, but the bears don't hibernate anymore. Don't don't you know that? Well, that's not our... Uh, okay. Second, second, second failure. Okay. Uh, things aren't looking good for Orange Lux, although you only need to pass one test to pass, so you still do have hope. Okay, our next test here. Oh, this is a good test. A good test for Orange Lux. Orange Lux, you might even know the answer to this one from a little story I told you just a little bit back. Okay, it's a story of the babbling brook. Go ahead and have a seat. Now, the all summer, the brook goes from the spring when it babbles and babbles and babbles and bushes. We call it brushing, brushing, I'm the brushing brook. And then I was at babble, babble in the summer and I call the fish along. And then, as the fall comes... Trickle, 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 trickle. I stop babbling. Stop going. Bush, 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 bush. Trickle, 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 trickle. And that tells all the fishes to go back to the sea. And that's the winter's coming to all the little water bugs and striders to go away and uh, be safe for winter's coming. And you'll know and you'll say, Brother, brother fish, sister fish, brother frog, winter's coming. Make haste. All right, all right. So it goes trickle, trickle, trickle. And we don't have a water machine, so it'll just be our voices. But you know the difference. Orange Lux, I know you know the difference between a brush, a brushing brook, a babbling brook, and a trickling brook. So just when we make a trickling noise, that's it. Just say, make haste, winter's coming. That's all you need to say. Just it. You could even say, do you want me to say make haste, is winter's coming? And we'll count that as a correct answer. Okay. Okay, gentlemen. Brushing, 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 brushing. It's pretty cool listening to all these ads. It's almost like they're doing like a little bit of like a barbershop brush, but they don't know it, like accidental art or something. So brushing, 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 brushing. And then like they go into babbling at different times and brushing. So babble, brush, brush. I mean, I'm only by myself, so I can't do brush, babble, babble, brush, brush, brush. So and then they go, trickle, trickle. Brush, brush, trickle, trickle, brush, brush, trickle, babble, babble, brush, trick, trick, trickle, 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 brush, brush, babble, babble, trickle, 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 and then you know when um I don't know if that's synchronicity when they just and then they all fall into trickle, 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 and then I was just doing that stare into orange like trickle, 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 and it's pretty soon. It like affects the audience. Everybody's going trigger, 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 and their heads are bouncing up and down just like it's trigger, 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 trigger. 
Check it, check it. And Orange Lux, she's totally... At this point, I'm, I mean, I already love Orange Lux, but she's so cool. She's sitting there, nonplussed, watching them, listening to the whole trickling. Trick it, trick it, trick it, trick it. Ah! And then finally, you know, the head of the test masters. Orange Lux, you're supposed to say, brother fish, sister fish, winter's coming, make haste, make haste. You could even just said, make haste, make haste. That's it, or winter's coming, I ought to take it. Why did you sit there trickling, trickling? We were all trickling, the entire... How could you have missed that trickling? Did you not hear the trickling? Did I not hear the trickling? That's the question. Did you hear the trickling or not? I heard the trickling. Yeah, of course I heard the trickling. Everyone was making a trickling. Everyone was going trickle, trickle, trickle altogether. It was quite um, mesmerizing. But yes, I heard the trickling. Then why did you not say make haste when it's coming? Oh, well, uh, as far as I know, I've never, I mean, I've heard you talk about babbling brooks. And I can imagine what a babbling brook is. You know, we play with those water buckets and, you know, we have a couple of water tables behind the school where we make little dams and stuff. I used to love doing that until the kids um, permanently wounded me because of my lack of earlobes. <laughs> but before that, I liked playing in the water tables behind the school. And um, But the brooks haven't babbled or brushed. As far as I've been alive, they have just trickle, trickle. That's all they do, just like you're all doing. It's perfect, just like the brook. Trickle, 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 trickle. All spring, all summer, and then it stops. Just like now, listen. Did you hear that? Hear what? Orange looks. The brook is, it's not trickling because it's winter or or fall. It It's past, never mind, you don't get it anyway. But yeah, no. Okay, that's another failure. Uh, one last one. We got the punky acorns, sighing the birds. Okay, orange socks. This is um, this is a one test. I don't see how you can mess it up. It's a good test. It's one that brings us all peace, warms every deciduous forest elf's heart. So I don't see how you can get it wrong. And this test is called the rustling of the leaves. And that is a sound to us like an angel's wings beating on its way back to heaven. And all you need to do is when the leaves rustle, you know, dried leaves. You know, only dried leaves can rustle, really, or drying leaves. Um, you know, there's a difference, you know, the leaves blow. And then at some point they dry out and they rustle. So all you need to do is listen out for the, uh, the, uh, unless you, uh, yes, just listen for the rustling leaves and say, uh, brothers and sisters of the forest, make haste, make haste, winter's coming. The leaves are rustling, so get your hustling and be bustling for winter's coming. Make haste, make haste. Okay, can you do that for me? Can we just practice it right now? Do you, you want me to practice? You want me to practice? Yes, yes, Orange Lux. I just want you to say, make haste, make haste, winter's coming. Make haste, make haste, winter's coming. Fellow elves, make haste, make haste, winter's coming. Creatures of the forest, make haste, make haste, winter's coming. Make haste, winter is coming. Oh, that was chilling and terrifying if you want to frighten everyone and winter's coming you don't have to say it so 
gloomily. But anyway, so when the... Whew, orange is like she took the wind out of my sails. I love rustling leaves, but something about that way you stared at everyone. So judgmental. and But anyway, so just listen for the rustling of the leaves and that's it. And then just do what you did. You could do it just as how awful as you just did it. And you will still pass the test. You will be official greeter of hibernation. Okay. And you will go out into the forest and do the work of Mother Nature. Okay. And so they make, you know, so first they start with some fake leave noises and then and then sooner or later, that most peaceful and wonderful sound. I don't even know if I can. Yeah, I can't do that. But the beautiful sound of leaves rustling goes through. And, uh, and they're actually throwing leaves around. And then and then using a giant piece of paper to blow them uh, they're making a rustling sound, and all the elves are kind of swaying. A little bit of semi-ecstasy, and then Orange Lux gets up, and of course the guys aren't surprised at this point. She starts just crunching through the leaves. Crunch, 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 crunch. And she crunches all the leaves up, and they're just staring. Everyone's staring at her in horror. Like she just crunched a bunch of infants. And everyone is in dismay. And then she says, she takes the piece of paper out of somebody's hand and blows the leaves. And they make a different sound when leaves are, all the leaves are crunched up. They make kind of a swishing sound, but not as wonderful as the rustling of the leaves. She does that for a while and she stares and nobody does anything. She says, make haste, make haste, winter's coming, winter's coming, winter's coming. The test master, he's weeping at this point. Why, why, why? And she goes, well, that's what it sounds like when winter's coming. Not that ru the rustling is too early to start hibernating. You know, it's that sound that sing symbols the time as uh, when, when winter's already, when, winter's going to be here when it makes that sound. That's a, and they say, oh, like, test masters don't know what to do. They call a meeting of the council right there. They go and meet in private. Meanwhile, all the kids are sitting there. They're staring, and part of them wants to be like the mean kids that uh, are always mean to people that are different and, and want to abuse them and hurt them. And I don't understand, you know, the elf community, human community. Not, you know, it's hard to understand, like, because even kids, you know, the, the kids want to be mean sometimes and punish the weak and the different. But something's different this time. Something about the ridiculousness of these tests and the way the adults act and the way the weirdness of how Orange Locks acts, or I don't know, the kids are just kind of, they're all like, huh. And the adults go, you know, and they're like, okay, well, uh, Orange Locks, we've decided, you know, it's terrible news. You're going to be first elf cast out of our community, and you have to leave right now. And Orange Locks kind of shakes her head, nods her shoulders, so, okay, um, let me get my stuff. And good luck with the hibernating stuff. And um, I'll be, uh, I'm going to go a couple forests over. If anybody wants to check me out over there, I hear the um, pine forest elves. Not sure what the technical term is since I wasn't raised with those guys, but there's like evergreen forest elves or something. 
Let's see if they need any help or I might just hang out in the woods. You know, there's plenty of open bear caves. Anyway, uh, see you folks later. Uh, bye. And that, that's kind of the end of the story. According to the elves of the elf, wouldn't listen. And they would, they, for a couple of years, they told that story. But the thing is, the more they told it, the less, the more it, it became a kind of like a virus in the children's brains. And the kids that witnessed that test never forgot it. And so they banished Orange Luxion to left that day. And they gave the test to the rest of the kids and all the other kids passed. And then nightfall came. And when the elders awoke, every child that had taken the test was gone. And they were never heard from again. And everyone blamed it on the Eterlobeless. They said, oh, Orange Lux must have been a witch or she was uh, some sort of spell or or she, you know, did some voodoo, or she was evil. She was some sort of evil sprite or evil gnome that had penetrated us and stole our young people. So they made this story about the elf who wouldn't listen. That was even worse than the one I just told you, where Orange Lux was this earlobed menace, earlobedless menace, you know, wreaking havoc on young, deciduous forest elves. But the thing they don't tell you is that deciduous forest elves don't exist anymore. And maybe they were the ones that weren't listening because they're extinct, man. All right, bad news. The time was up. And that's a pretty depressing way to end it. But yeah, the deciduous forest elves never saw what was coming was that they weren't needed anymore because the animals' hibernation patterns had changed and some animals didn't hibernate, hibernate anymore. Acorns didn't fall how they used to. The uh, leaves on the trees, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Neither were these elves, but I don't know. They were listening to the wrong thing, I guess. So well, it should be the story about the elves who wouldn't listen. I'd love to tell you more about Orange Lux, and life for Orange Lux turned out just fine. That's a story for another night. So good night and get some sleep and make sure you listen, not just with your ears, not just with your brain, but with your heart. I think, I don't know. Can you listen with your heart or your gut, your gut, your heart? That's a lot of listening. But, you know, sometimes it takes more than one way of listening. Got your active listening, got your passive listening, got your listening in, got your overhearing, got your accidental hearing, you got your mishearing, you got your misunderstanding. Overheard? Do we already cover overheard? I guess it's kind of like listening in, overhearing. Might have covered that. Got too loud noises. Got not loud enough. There's a lot of stuff, all right? Well, you don't got to worry about any of it tonight because you're in dreamland. So carry Good on. evening. Good night. Welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to help you fall asleep. We do it with a bedtime story. And that story's going to take your mind off of whatever's keeping you up at night. Racing thoughts, intellectual thoughts, horrible thoughts, 
worries, confusion, overthinking, underthinking, whatever's bugging you. You just need to listen to my voice. I'm going to distract you. But as I drone on and on, things are going to go from distracting to boring. But it's going to be like poof before you even know it because you'll be drifting off into dreamland. If you want to check out older episodes, they're on our website, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com, or on iTunes. If you have a chance to review us and rate us on iTunes, that'd be great. If you have any feedback about the podcast, questions, comments, concerns, it's feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. And we post all our show bloopers over on Facebook. That's the... uh, place i decided to play place the bloopers so if you go to facebook slash sleep with me podcast i think that's where we are on facebook and you can like us or follow us or whatever and if you think i embarrass myself on the podcast wait till you hear what i cut out i really want to thank you for listening and i hope i help you fall asleep tonight because that's what we're here for so thanks all right, folks, another episode, another non sequitur episode. I don't even, I'm, I got to look up what non sequitur means, but, uh, yeah, um, another random sleep with me episode. Tonight, we're lucky, uh, we haven't had an interview episode where I've interviewed anybody in a long time. The last person we interviewed was someone pretending to be Scumbag Steve from Internet Meme Fame, uh, boss, Blake Boston. A.K.A. Blake Boston. You might remember, I think that was episode something. Uh, it's back there in the below 10. A more responsible podcaster would know. But tonight we have an exclusive interview with uh, an author who has a book coming out. And uh, I'm going to invite him into the studio. We'll be right back. So, yeah, folks, I uh, we have an interview tonight. And it's by an author that reached out to us. He's got a new book out. Normally, I don't take submissions, especially from strangers, but this guy is uh, supposedly a dream expert. I did not have a lot of time to research him, so we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do this on the fly because it's a, you know, a random episode, and I wanted to squeeze this in, and since he uh, just happened to be in town, so um, everybody in the virtual audience out there, put your hands together for. Uh, I guess your nickname, sir, is uh, you go you go by uh, Fraud Freud. Uh, everybody, welcome, Fraud Freud. Ah, uh, thank you. Uh, my name is not Fraud Freud. That is a derogatory nickname for me over the internet. They give me my actual name is Friedrich Acherman. Uh, I sent that to you in the email. Yeah, I'm sorry. I looked all that up. I looked up your name, Friedrich Acher Acher Acher. Sherman, and I could not find it in any kind of spellings I did. So uh, anywhere, I mean, that has anything to do with dreams or doctors or uh, fake Freudians. Well, um, uh, that's a pseudonym. But uh, Friedrich Ackermann. Friedrich Ackermann is my name. So I'll just call you uh, Freud Freud, Dr. Freud. All right. All right. Uh, go ahead. With your questioning. So you're here to promote your new book. Um, why don't you uh, tell us the title and tell us a little bit about your book. This is my, my first uh, 
interview in a while, so I'm a little rusty. So, oh, it's all right. Uh, it's my first interview for this book. It is called The Dream Paradox of Probiotics. It is my presentation on a new dream, new take on uh, the, the science investigation of the human dreams, the dream state. What if I was to tell you that the dreams do not arise out of the subconscious or the human mind at all, as we have been presented for a long time by false science? Well, that would be quite interesting. Is that what you, my theory that I place forth in the book Paradox? The dream paradox of probiotics is that that in fact dreams are based in the bacterial bacteria in our gut, and they have nothing to do with the human mind whatsoever. They arise from the bacteria that is living in our gut and are directly related to that bacteria, and nothing more than that. Wow. Um, okay, let's go back to the title. Let's back up. So, it's a dream paradox of probiotics. Now, um, let me just grab my dictionary here, because uh, as far as I could tell, uh, paradox, paradox is um, a statement that, according to Wikipedia, contradicts itself and might be true. So the dream paradox of probiotics isn't isn't a statement. Ah, yes, uh, that is an interesting question. And by probiotics, why don't you fill my audience on probiotics? Probiotics are the uh, bac bacteria that live in your gut. Uh, in particular, they are uh, bacteria that are beneficial to your gut. But my question is, are they beneficial to your mind? And therein lies the paradox. And are they beneficial to your dreams? That is another part of the paradox that is so paradoxical. Okay, um, you know, I got, I wrote down some questions. This is my first, this is the first interview I have with an author. This has got to be stirring up some controversy because we have decades, if not hundreds of years of research by Sigmund Freud and Jung and a bunch of other dream people, the dream weavers, uh, the school of dream weavers that, uh, would, would seem to go against us. Don't they talk about the subconscious and the superego and the id and repressed memories and the brain? I said that was all, that was all pseudoscience for one. And, uh, this is based on hard scientific facts and, uh, it's not pseudoscience. And that is, yes, I have contradicted all of that in my research. Okay. Well, tell me a little bit more about your research. What, uh, what research have you done to, uh, support your theory that bacteria create dreams? Well, I'm uh, self-quantified, of course, uh, part of the self-quantified movement where, uh, isn't that quantified self, not like where you use an app to track stuff? That's, uh, that's not, um, I mean, I'm no researcher, but, ha, ah, you are mistaken. Yes, you are. You are mistaken. Nah. Yes, I did the research on myself, so that is my primary primary document is uh, I've done research and I have uh, what 20 years of dream based discussion and research I've done the auto readings dream theory dream discussion hip I did not learn hypnosis but I attempted hypnosis and most of these uh, research you talk about with the science and the dream dreams is merely capitalist. 
uh, pushing their agenda. So you're this, I am here to help real people with real dreams. And uh, yes. Well, this is not, this interview is not really going well, sir. Um, I mean, you're killing me. You're really killing me. I mean, my podcast is supposed to start out interesting and then get more boring as it goes on. So let's just stick with the controversy. And maybe I'll just change my tactics as an interviewer because I just feel like I'm going to back you right into a corner and see what you do. Well, well, you, um, that's not nice to you do because I'm here friends. Well, friends. Okay. What's your background and what specific research have you done? And how is this, inf- and, and then build on that and, and say, how is this relevant or useful to any of my listeners? Because I feel like, it just, just say, ah, oh, yes, right, calm down. You, uh, we, we will have to take a stool sample of you later to take a look at your bacteria. Because you are feisty, feisty young man. Well, okay, my background is head of, I've worked in dreams, I've quantified myself, and um, I have um, many years, I stand streets. As a busker, and I say, "Hey, one dollar, one dollar, come to me." This I work in San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, Austin, Prague, other countries that I can't uh, name. Is that because, uh, according to what I did look up on the internet, that you were banned from Germany for practicing psychology without a license? Uh, that was psychiatry. A street performer, uh, that's just lies, lies, lies. Okay, okay, can we? So I work with many people about their dreams. They tell me their dreams. Originally, I bought into this this thing with the, you know, oh, you dream of a pig because you you wish for wealth. You know, oh, yes, yes. it is your subconscious desires that are late, laying in latency to, to be expressed and and today you had an argument with your boss, so you dream of a frog being eaten by a snake. And and then we could go deeper and talk about, you know, can I say penis or, or sexuality? Yeah, that is even deeper on the repressed level. Uh, you kind of talk, you're talking nonsense, aren't you? Can you just answer some questions? Can you specifically say how this is, how this information could be useful to my listeners? Okay. You should know thyself. Noche te ipsum. Okay, whoa, whoa, buddy. I saw, Amer- I'm pretty sure, isn't it race firma something? Like, wasn't that the shirt in American Flyers? Because I have the shirt and I can go get it. It was like, um, when you get it up, keep it up. It was a joke. You know, did you ever see American Flyers? Because that movie is kind of like a dream. I always wonder... I just rewatched it. Like, is that dream about addiction or disease? Like, Kevin Costner's character, was he, like, going through, like, the way they talked about everything? And if you look at, if you watch it and you imagine that he's either having a, a struggling with a drug addiction or alcohol addiction, and everyone's kind of talking about it, and, like, they have this intervention, and his friends, you know, the, um, they, they are so sad, and, this, you know, the looks on it. You are uh, getting off topic, sir, and you're going to back me in a corner. Come on, tough guy. Tell me how your book's going to help listeners sleep better. Okay, this is the theorem I'm setting straight. Yes, uh, quality of sleep and quality of dreams are correlated to be interrelated. 
with a, you know, they sustain a bell curve. And if you are taking probiotics, the paradox is you, your dreams become more dull. You know, they become plain. You may forget them. Let me tell you, have you eaten any Greek, Greek yogurt every day? I do, actually. And have you noticed any changes in your dreams that you were thought totally unrelated to the Greek yogurt eating? Um, I have, but I'm afraid to bring them on the air because I'm afraid to be sued by the Greek yogurt industry. Okay, well, they don't even have, they can't agree on what Greek yogurt is yet, so you're safe. But what if I told you the Greek yogurt was causing you to have duller dreams and a duller, possibly a duller life? But what if I'm healthier? You know, it's got protein, it's got the probiotics, so it's supposed to help my system. Okay. You have heard many things on NPR probably about how your gut, you know, they like to talk there about your gut and how it has as many brain cells as your brain and as much going on in your gut as the rest of your body. It is a whole secondary mind system. And I need to capitalize on this stuff, boy. I got this book and it's going to be all about how this secondary mind is your primary mind. And we're just, what do you... Let me ask you a question. What if I told you you stop the Greek yogurt? Your dreams come back. You have one last time you have a sexy dream. Oh, oof. that's a good question. Oh, this is, I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. Okay, I bet you you skip Greek yogurt two weeks. I tell you, sexy. You have good dreams. You know, stop taking care of yourself, man. Have some Twinkies. Have some Twinkies. And they won't. The probiotics. They're disturbing your dream cycles, people. So you're telling me you're anti-probiotic. Oh, no, no, no. Don't put words in my mouth. I said they affect your dreams. It's your choice. Okay. And, uh, okay. Let's, can I focus the interview? It feels like you're interviewing me. Okay. Let's, let's, let's refocus here. So probiotics cause dull dreams, possibly, according to your quantifying self. You're a street busker. Bell curve. What does all this mean? What what does everything you're saying mean to me, to my listeners? Okay. What if your dreams are not born in your intelligent mind, but in your gut? That that changes everything, man. We're we're uh, flipping the switch, flipping the flipping the switch, or flipping the book, whatever they say, or flipping the game. Say, yeah, I think it's flipping the game. Flipping the, flipping the switch. Well, flipping the switch would mean turning on the lights. So it's flipping, flipping, flipping the pancake, let's say. Well, you have to flip pancakes. Let's, let's skip it, man. We're both having trouble. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we'll skip that. Okay. So what, what does that mean for sleep, for life, for meaning? I, I am raising these questions, not answering them. Where can we get your book? Where can my listeners get your book if, by some insane reason, they wanted to buy it? And how much would it cost? Where would they buy it? Well, I don't have a publisher yet, and I've not written most of the book. Um, but I can tell you when it is available. I was hoping, like, we could do something here on the radio here, the internet show, to raise money for my book. Everybody prepay, say twenty nine ninety five. You prepay to me, you know, I give you ten percent or something for your time, and then 
When the book is done, I send it to you. You trust me. I'll print it out on my printer. I'll staple it. Whole whole thing. Okay, so you want to kick? You want me to kickstart your book? Well, kickstart. Yeah, I like that. I got that. Kickstart my book. Kickstart my heart. But my book will be like kickstart your gut or not. Okay, if you could summarize your book like in a, in a couple words, like put it together. You know, tell me. T- t- I, Oh, this is, you know, this is embarrassing. I can't believe I brought you. You totally put me in a bad position, man. uh, Can can you tell me, like, how would you summarize your book? Like, with, give me a quotable quote. Ha, quotable quote. We'll be in Parade Magazine. Next thing you know, you and I kick-starting the dreams. Quotable quote. Okay, get ready for this. Dreams, pair. A paradox of probiotics. Are you what you eat or what eats you? What you think? Hmm. Man, is any of this well thought out? Any of this stuff? Okay. You are. Are you what you eat or what eats you? I mean, that could be. If you actually had any data or data or research, I mean, this could be interesting. If, if what you're saying is true. Whew. I mean, it could be interesting. You're saying our bacteria gut trigger our dreams. Now, I have a lot of questions about that. Like, are they triggering a chemical reaction that's causing us, like, some sort of chemical reaction in our brain to hallucinate? And, like, we're just randomly, the movies are just random. And then wh- why would they be related to our memories? Or does is it triggering some sort of, is it working with our subconscious to make us desire something? You know, like, say... You know, like you said, like say I had an iron deficiency and I started dreaming a lot about red meat or spinach or Popeye or burgers. What would that, like, is that my bacterial gut working with my mind? Oh, man, you, you're just kickstarting my brain over here, man. We got to sit down and work this together. We got to, we'll kickstart this book and we'll, I'll let you ghostwrite, okay? I'll let you, I'll give you the honor of ghostwriting with my book. Okay, um, now, okay, let's back up, let's back up. Okay, I'm going to, we're going to try one more time to get this interview going in some kind of direction. You know, two of my heroes are Howard Stern and Terry Gross, and I'm just totally the worst interviewer. I don't, I mean, they can get good interviews out of almost anybody, and you're just totally shooting me down, man. I mean, when I had the fake scumbag Steve on, the guy was pretending to be scumbag Steve, I didn't actually interview him. I just turned over the mic. So what about you said you were a street busker or, or a busker? A street busker, is that like two? Like you worked on the street interpreting people's dreams. Tell me, did you ever have any, did you ever work with anyone famous? Like what happened? Like, okay, I got, I got this one, man. So I was doing in LA and I, this was when I was pretending to be, borderline I was never I had no I had something on the wall it was not a diploma it looked like a diploma but anyway it was a private practice thing where you you know this, those private practice people they a lot of them they just rent the room for like the hour you're there and they leave so I was doing that and I happened to be hanging out down the Santa Monica way and uh, the Baywatch was shooting 
And I got to know that I would wear Gundel tweed suit and I would pretend. And I ran across the David Hasselhoff one time. I said, oh, uh, good day to you, sir. And he's a friendly guy. He's a real nice. And he said, oh, what do you? I said, oh, I'm out for a constitutional walk, you know. Out for the constitutional walk to keep my mind sharp. And he said, oh, what do you keep your mind sharp for? So, oh, well, I keep my mind sharp to work with other minds. Because this one, I thought it was all in the mind, not in the gut. And so he said, oh, well, uh, yeah, tell me more. And I said, uh, well, you know, I, I work with dreams, you know, with people with their dreams. He said, oh, really? I'm a, I'm a dreamer. And I said, you dreamer, David Hasselhoff. You're living the dream. You're Baywatch. You're pop star. You're worldwide. You're world fame. And he said, well, I'm sad inside to be, uh, uh, to, I can't do a David Hasselhoff, but he said he's sad inside. And I said, oh, well, is that your dreams talking or you, Mr. David Hasselhoff? And he said, I don't know. Like, uh, could I talk to you about my dreams sometimes? I said, yeah, come by the office. Uh, just, uh, we plan it out because I, you know, the office is mine, but I have rented it out to make more. He said, wow, you're a really smart guy. So, okay, so David Hasselhoff. He uh, come by a lot. Okay, so just so you know, if this is David Hasselhoff from Baywatch, right? Because I don't want to get sued for, you know, works of fiction, you know. Okay, well, let's say it's David Hasselhoff, okay? Between you and me, it could be David Hasselhoff, very likely to be Mr. David Hasselhoff. You know, he's not wearing a shirt when we talk the first time. He come to the office, he have a nice shirt on, he sit down. And I usually start the session with, oh, good afternoon, you know, try to relax. And uh, no small talk, okay? Just relax, lie back, close your eyes. And, uh, you know, tell me about your day today. Is anything bothering you about your day? And I do something, you know, I don't know. I've seen it on TV and uh, I think Barney Miller or something. And uh, I learned that trick. So it relax, relaxed them. And then I say, okay, well, okay. Do you mind if I call you David? Yeah, okay, go ahead. Uh, or Dave, how about Dave? No, I don't like Dave. Okay, okay. Okay, David, uh, tell me about your dreams. What was a dream that's sticking out to you? And he tell me, I can't tell you about the dreams because of client privilege. But that, my, that motherfucking guy, he dream a lot about, like, um, um, he turned, his body turned to plasmum, plasmum like a, he's no longer solid, he's not liquid, he's like a gelatin. He have this nightmare every night almost, where he turned into gelatin, and then he can't move. And then all of a sudden, this street sweeper's coming at him, and he's scooping him up and chopping him up into little pieces of gelatin and squatting him away. You have that nightmare every night. And I say, oh, interesting, Mr. David Hasselhoff. And uh, so we talk about that dream. And, uh, okay, this is good stuff, man. Now you're, now you're hitting it. And um, do you have any dreams that were really weird? Oh, yes, he, uh, he used to dream. He said he has this dream, okay, that he, was, uh, he had this talking car. And he would talk to the car, and and uh, they would like go out, and uh, I think he was like a secret service type, undercover, and 
but private, private, you know, like the armies, the wars we're fighting now, the private, you know, off, whatever. They could do illegal stuff. And he uh, was billionaire, but millionaire, I think, in the dream, you know, because it's a dream. And I said, oh, tell me in your dreams what you and this car talk about. And he said, oh, we talk about how to get stuff done. And the car said, hey, you know, your pet's too down low. And I said, huh, interesting, David. Um, this car sounds like it loves you. And he says, yes, it does sound like it loves me. He said, do you know, do you ever feel like you love you, David? He said, no, I hate myself. And he started to cry for a long time. And I said, well, what would your car say? What's your car's name? You see, he called in the dream that God's name was Kit. And so I said, uh, you know, the, I, I, I guess I can't interrupt you, but obviously, never mind. Just keep going. And uh, the, the dream, the Kit, I said, oh, you know, and I figured this out, you know, no problem. I'm this. Now, this is back. You know, back in the day when I'm reading, you know, those books, you, I'd go into uh, Walden Books at the time. They had these bookstores, and I'd go in and read the dream books and then meet with David and talk about the kit. We talked about it. I said, oh, David, what if kit was like your mother or father, the perfect mother, father, and live inside you? And kit just want to take care of you and help you. You know, can you do that for the little David inside you? And... um you know, David had problems after that. I know, you know, after Baywatch and he's, but if he can, if he could have found his inner kit, that dream, I mean, I wish I could have a dream that powerful to say, hey, you know, just because no one believes in you, you know, I believe in you, man, and I'd be here to help you. I'm like your avatar or something. Okay, well, uh, I'm not going to contradict any of that stuff about kit. Any other Baywatch well, Yasmin Bleef, uh, and she can work with me for a long time. And uh, she stabbed me one time with a letter opener after I told her about one of her dreams. And I also tried to touch her inappropriately, but that was a before. Okay. Hmm. Okay, let's tie back to your book. Like, if Kit, if that really was a dream and not a friggin' TV show, but if that was a dream that David Hasselhoff dreamed... um. What would it say, like, what would it, if his bacteria was causing the dream, what, what, what is, what would it, I mean, I still don't even understand your theory, but what would it say? Well, what, I mean, maybe we, let's compare notes. Okay, so I'm thinking he could be on a dose of antibiotics, he changes diet. So he's like, uh, the bacteria is saying, help, help, we, we, we're dying down here, send us some help. We need someone to take care of us bacteria-wise. So they create the kit. Um, I don't know. What do you think, man? Because you got this thing down. I see you nailing it. This could be a TV show. You're right. The car and David solving crime. Listen, dude, I know you know that that was a show. It's not even, like, funny as a gimmick. I mean, unless you had, like, a concussion. Um, But if it was... If, Night Rider was a dream. Vroom, vroom, vroom. I mean, I would be more worried that, like, what if it was like your shadow self? Okay. Yeah, I mean, what if the bacteria are like a robot in you and they're guiding your actions? 
and guiding your fate. That would be terrifying. Like if what your book is saying is true, it's like this wars going on, which I have heard on NPR, like these bacteria wars are always going on in our body and, you know, stuff like antibiotics can really mess up, you know, bacteria that's been in your body your entire life. And like, you know, almost like sourdough. Like, oh, if you make sourdough in the Bay Area, it tastes like one thing. You know, I don't know if you can make sourdough everywhere in the United States. So what would it mean? Like, is a bacteria kit inside me and kits whispering in my ear? Hey, buddy, you know, you're too tired to go to work or you hate this job. You know, the back, what if the bacteria, what, does, can bacteria have consciousness? I mean, have you run across, obviously you haven't done any research and now like, I'm going to be left to do the research. I should be writing a book, and I would not name it Paradox Probiotics. Who's going to – I mean, maybe you're going to get blowback from people that think it's some diet book or that you're anti-probiotic, which I'm not even sure. I mean, I do – you're freaking me out because my dreams have been dull. I've been having some super, sort of kale, Greek yogurt smoothie thing like everybody else, Whew, and I have not had any sex dreams. I've been chewing ice like a lunatic. So, but if Kit was a dream and the bacteria were in charge of it, that's crazy. I'm going to, I got a, I got an idea to finish this interview. Okay. 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 I'm open to anything you'd like. It. I'm going to tell you a real dream I had. And this is an honest to God, goodness dream, viewers, listeners, and you crazy dude. So I'm going to tell you this dream and then why don't you interpret it? Because I think street busking is where you're at your best. So I'm going to read you the stream and then you go ahead and interpret it. Okay, I'm interested to work with you. And uh, do you want to pay me? my? I, I will write down my hourly fee. I do have sliding scale, but only a little bit. And do not take insurance. So do you want to pay? Dude, I'm here. I'm embracing your book. And maybe this works. We could get some kind of viewer feedback segment for you on this podcast. Because you've sucked except when you're talking about the kit dream. So, okay, just I'll tell you the dream. Please, if you're listening, you're still awake. Don't make fun of me about the dream. It's a real dream. And I just barely glanced at it before reading it on the air. And don't judge me, okay? Uh, okay, here's the dream. It's from May 20th, 2013. I had a dream that my dog was a cat. A crazy cat. And uh, for some reason, I brought her on a family vacation. My brother, my younger brother, and my cousin was there, My one of my crazy cousins. And my brother and my cousin kept making these sexist, sexist comments. And we were picking my father up from a big meeting at Fordham University in the Bronx in New York City. And Denzel Washington was there. He actually went there to college. And I started to talk to him. And he knew me, maybe because of my right, I don't know. And I was like, holy, I can't believe you know me, man. And we were getting along great. And then he was like, oh, no, I have you confused with someone else. And he said, sorry, wrong guy. And then I was floating above some meeting that Denzel Washington was in. And then me and my cousin left the meeting, and we headed to a development outside of Disneyland in California somehow. And I, I don't know what I thought was cool about the Disney the dis development outside of Disneyland, but I said it was cool, and my cousin said it sucked. Then we went to a mall to eat, and I said the mall sucked, and my cousin said the mall was great. This sounds like a freaking 12-year-old's dream. Uh, 
and I was trying to get rid of my cousin. And then my dog that in the dream was an uncontrollable cat was out of control. And my mom was yelling at me for some reason. And then one of my mom's kids came up and my cousin was harassing my cat or the kid was harassing my cat dog. And then my cousin threw my dog cat across. It was a cat. He threw it across the freeway and onto an embankment that was on the across the freeway that people were treating like a beach. So people were lying on this beach looking over overlooking a freeway for some reason. And he threw my cat. Clearly my cat died. Uh, a cat dog. And I was in shock and my cousin ran away. So I was in shock and my cousin ran away. And then I was like, what am I going to tell everybody? My, my cat dog's dead. And then I actually saw a friend of the people I adopted the dog from who in the dream was a cat. And then I was telling her what had happened and she had a, actually had a crush on her. And if you hear the banging in the background, that's actually my dog. Listen, so she's alive. Just a dream, folks. Uh, yes, keep going, Andrew. This is good stuff. I write down a little bit. Okay, so then, oh, it's Christmas, and I went home to, I guess we were going to some sort of Christmas church mass, and I was telling my brothers about the, the that my cat, my cousin killed the cat, and everyone was in shock. Everyone was really upset, and then I left church, Christmas church, and went to look for my cat dog's body to hope that she was alive. And I went up to the beach embankment where there was tons of people drinking and hanging out. And I couldn't find a way to get around the people down to the embankment. So I had to ask some young Southern California type dudes, like out of Mountain Dew commercial type, old Mountain Dew commercials to get, if I could get by them. And they offered me a beer, but they're kind of being threatening and as soon as I passed him, they were making fun of me behind my back. Then I ran into an old coworker who was in the dream was friends with the person I adopted the cat dog from, and he was with the lacrosse team, and they helped me search for the my cat dog to see if it was alive. And we didn't have any luck. And then I told him what had happened, and he was disgusted, and he said we should have my cousin arrested, and I was totally freaked out. Then I found, I don't even barely remember this dream, people. Oh, yes, Andrew, that's a good sign. And I found my cat dog alive, but it had two broken legs. And she was mad and scared as a cat and in a lot of pain. And she, didn't, she was in so much pain, she didn't even want me to hold her to comfort her. And then somehow I got her back to church, I think. And then my brother, one of my brothers said they could get her into interactive healed via an intensive, immersive video game. And they started using this video game to fix her. And then it says I was in surgery, and I recognized one of the doctors from Chris before Mass started. Oh, and then it, it kind of peters out to stuff unrelated to that dream, like hidden garbage, tennis racket. That's my dream, sir. Why don't you give me a analysis? Ah, yes, so... Cat, are you going to give me the dream from like the which? Okay, just give me some time, man. Okay, so you know, a cat changing to a dog, you know, that's like a wolf in sheep's clothing, man. So you, you, um, you once felt 
and that you are out of control. You know, we're going to the, this is you in the dream. So you're this out of control animal, but you are once, you know, friendly, like a man's best friend. And then now you're this feisty cat. So, you know, we got that. And the other animal I noticed is, um, you know, this cruel man throwing an animal that's horrible, that loves shopping malls. That says a lot that this person in the dream loves shopping malls. The particular one you said it sucked. Probably a food court you're at. Sabaros just went bankrupt, you know that. Can we concentrate? And uh, so, and then you like near Disneyland, but outside of some development. Very, very superficial stuff. And But you got Christmas mass in there and religion and shame. Lots of shame. Lots of shame and, and shock. And uh, what was the, I can't remember the first part. I wasn't really paying attention. I know, oh, there's a beach with people drinking and looking at the freeway is strange, you know. Usually you sit at the beach, you look at the water. These people are on the beach looking at freeway. Now, good thing you search for the cat. That means you're not uh, hopeless. You know, you tried to help it. It didn't want your help clearly because you're a bad man. But you're not evil, man. You're just bad man. And... Okay, you had a dog, you were with your cousin. I don't know, what was the first part? Like, uh, it don't matter. Oh, your mom was in it, of course, because you you messed up, you know. Your mom and your dad, you know. you you. So, you know, I tell you, if we were on the street back in the day I was doing this, I'd say, sorry, bro. You know, you give me 10 more dollars, I break it to you. But otherwise, it's bad news. Like, I don't give bad news for normal price. I charge double by price for bad news. And you can't punch me because I tell you bad stuff. But I, since, I, yeah, so I, since I tell you, so a person that changed from a cat to a dog and throw a cat, but then you still search for it. You're searching for something, clearly. But you're angry, man. You're so angry. You're feisty, too. Like you want to hurt the feisty part of you. So you're in conflict. And you're angry and you're searching. Dude, this sounds like the freaking... This is exactly what the lady that read my palm said to me. This is... You're totally on point. Yes, I know. And you're lonely because... You know what? You, you turn to people for help and some people help you. Some people make fun of you. So you're... you're, you're, you're yes, you're... And you're searching for something bigger than yourself. You went to the church, but there was only shame and judgment there. So you need some more help. And um, there's no sex in the dream. So you're obviously repressed for something. You're probably into some sort of taboo thing. You know, with maybe it has to do with these animals. I don't know that. No, no. The lady, no. Uh, taboo things that are normal. Ish. Okay, calm down, bro. We get to it sometime. I tell you some stuff I do, man. It's crazy stuff. The Abvagoda. You ever try that, man? The position. It's a position. What kind of. You take. Okay, no, not in the air, man. We're explicit, not. Okay, so that, that's about it for your dream. But, okay, so that. But what if it's bacteria? That's what I'm saying. Like, that dream is really weird. And I wish I never shared it. I'm going to make it public now. But what's up with, I mean, how could bacteria be responsible for that? You know, like I think that just my dream itself contradicts everything you've said on this entire podcast. Well, you'd like to say that, wouldn't you? Because you're Mr. 
oh, this is the DSVM, and I, I'm, you didn't go to school for this. You just judge me, man. Okay, think about it. When you get home tonight, what I tell you is going to help you, right? When you go to the palm reader, what does she do? She don't say, hey, buddy, look at my, you know, I went to the, to uh, Wharton School of Palm Reading. It's almost, you know, it's Ivy League or almost Ivy or whatever. So just chill out, bro. So, okay, so I tell you, the summer in my dream, when I, you want my advice, my advice? Uh, yeah, actually, what do you think I should do? Okay, buddy, okay. What I tell you to do, okay, is, you know, make a little love to yourself. For starters, to calm everything down. That's the feisty part, okay? Let it out. And the angry part, you got to, you got to get over it, man. You're, you're, you're like a, you're taunting part of you, but you're not giving it what you want, okay? So go ahead, man. Go out there and do some stuff and get it done because otherwise you're going to get angry and be throwing stuff around or taunting. You know, it's poking, 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 then throw the cat. That's no good. You see, then you spend the rest of your time looking and picking up the pieces. So go ahead and get out there, man. Shake things up. Do it. Just just do it. Carpe diem, man. And, um, you know, don't be afraid to uh, be look around. The church, you don't think it's going to help you, but, you know, that doesn't mean there's other stuff not there for you, you know, other than Christmas. Maybe Christmas isn't your thing, man. Try Easter, rebirth, springtime. Okay, it's coming up. And uh, if everything is going to be okay. In the dream, everything was okay. You know, you didn't get to comfort the cat. But the video game fixed it right up. Almost. And then you were in surgery with your mom or something, you said. And the stuff with your mom's weird, okay? Just like everybody. You know, it's weird. And you got your brothers and your cousin. I know it was you that threw the cat, okay? I mean, I mean no, it was not me. I did not throw a cat or a dog. I don't... In the dream, everything is you, bro. So you threw the cat, okay? I'm breaking to you. And yeah, there's one bacteria can't get you out of. You're a cat thrower. So unless you get your issues nailed down, bro, you're going to be toast. So do some stuff. What is it? You're, no talk. you're scared to talk to uh, people, huh? You're, you're afraid. Deathly afraid. You see right through me. Yeah, see, man, you talk all this trash about me for like 40 minutes, and now, you see, I'm here to help. I I try to write a, I'm like you, bro. I, I, I need to make some cash. And all the books out there, oh, lucid dream, how to have a lucid dream. Oh, this is the dream dictionary. That's the phone cell. The probiotics. You know how many people search for probiotic? It's a Google thing, man. It's a uh, SEO, they say. Search engine optimization. That's what I'm doing, bro. Okay? Probiotics. Paradox. That's what... You know, I'm going to put up an app about this. We should make an app together, bro. You know, you and me, we'll call it the Kit Dream app. It'll go, whoa, 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 whoa. And then it'll say, hey, this is what your dream mean. No, okay. So we'll just change this book around. You people forget the whole book thing. We're going to call it the Cat Thrower and Fraud Freud and the Cat Thrower. How about you? How about... I, I did not throw the cat. My cousin threw the cat. So, no, no. 
okay, bro, but you like this. Me and you work together nice, I think. So you bring me on this podcast all the time. And I go, hey, ladies, listen to this podcast because I'm single. And you definitely have problems. I don't know. You're single. You're like, girls, boys, what you like? Girls, but I'm scared. I'm scared. Well, okay, man. I, I'm not. I'm like player with women that are attracted to my body type, which is interesting. They call it the ugly avocado. Plus, with my skin is like the avocado. But, you know, we go, I be wing face to you. And I talk, we talk to ladies. We could, we could use this podcast to make the ladies, you know? No, 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 man. You don't get this podcast to help people that can't sleep. And the whole purpose I brought you on was that... Oh, God. I mean, the whole purpose of the podcast is to help people that can't sleep. And now we spend all this time confusing them, which is probably good because... If they had listened, they would have stuck it out until they fell asleep. If it was their first time listening, they're never going to listen again. If they're still listening, they might think I'm a cat thrower or whatever, that I chew too much ice. And you're totally like a pervert. And you're not going to be on this podcast. Why you said I could come back, man? Okay, let's just gauge audience reaction, okay? Maybe we could do a dream interpretation segment because I did... You're, you're, you're all right, man. You're street busking ways. That's what you should do. So I busk right here, bro. The busking podcast with the cat throwing man. Me and the cat throwing man. Okay, you got to change my nickname. I can't be the cat throwing man. Fraud Freud. Yes, you be. Okay, you cat, not cat throwing man. You, uh, kit. How about that kit? The cat throwing man. Okay, man, I think of something. Don't worry about your head, okay? All right, well, thank you for coming under false pretenses. Again, anyone that's listening, I apologize for... Hey, guys, no, don't apologize, bro. Don't apologize for throwing the cat. It was only a dream. Okay, can you leave or just maintain silence? And if you, if you talk at all, you can never come back on this podcast. So apologize for anybody that thought this was going to be about a book. And who's like a last minute person that emailed me on the internet. That's obviously mentally. Oh, bro. Uh, okay. But I think we got something out of this. I don't know what. I mean, I know I need to look inward and see what happens if I cut out the Greek yogurt. Because actually that dream, I, I don't think I had any Greek yogurt when that dream came up. And I apologize Anything that was about Baywatch or people that were on Baywatch was purely fictional, 100% fictional. And this guy, I'm not liable for any dream advice or legal advice taken on this podcast. And this is for your entertainment purposes only. And if you, for some reason you want, you have a dream, you want this guy, Fraud Freud, to, uh, and please don't tell anybody about my dream. It is embarrassing my dog changed. I mean, I, I love my dog, man. I would never let it get hurt. If it wasn't my cousin, I probably would have thrown him. And don't doesn't mean I'm a good person. I looked for my dog twice, the cat, and I try. I, my self-esteem's taking a blow. But if you if you're listening still, and you think you, you know, you want we're gonna you know feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com, dear scooter at sleepwithmepodcast.com. Email me a dream and don't make something up. And maybe if I get enough of them, we'll have a show every once in a while where uh, 
Fraud Freud interprets your dreams for you. Maybe it'll be a future segment, you know. I was supposed to not say, I was trying not to say you know in this podcast today. So thanks so much for listening. I hope, I mean, this is a little piece of lunacy. I'm telling you, even before this guy interpreted my dreams, I, I'm stressed. And now I'm like, I wish I never looked up that dream. I'd never thought about it till. So let's try to calm down. And you guys get a good night's sleep. Okay. And um, pretty soon we're going to be back with Get Besos, our ongoing series about um, J.C. Penny, Richard Cash Warren, Richard, Ka- Richard, well, you know, I'm just, uh, sorry, folks, I'm off after this. James Cash Penny and Richard Warren Sears trying to get Jeff Besos. So that'll be back soon. I think we'll have a full more night of non sequitur, strange episodes. And if you have any dreams, you know, let me know. Or on Twitter at Dear Scooter. But most of all, thanks for listening. And if this is your first time listening, this is like a really weird episode. I mean, and most episodes are weird, but this is like super weird. So sorry. Night. Welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to help you fall asleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is put aside your racing thoughts or your overthinking, get in bed, turn off the lights, pull up the covers, and press play. And I'll carry you off into dreamland. You can find older episodes on iTunes or on our website, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. If you need to get a hold of us, it's feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com or on Twitter at Dearest Scooter. If you like what you hear, please spread the word. Let a friend know, a co-worker, a relative, anybody. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening, and I'm here to help you fall asleep. All right, everybody, this is another random episode of Sleep With Me podcast before we get back to Get Besos on Sunday. We return to the tale of Richard Warren Sears and James Cash Penny's quest for vengeance against Jif Besos. But right now, for one more night, we're going, uh, we're going off the rails, I guess. And so, without further ado, so without further ado, I'm going to carry you off into dreamland with another guided meditation. And this guided meditation goes out to the late great Warren Zevon, a rocker from. Back in the day, you know, everything about Warren Zevon will be in the show notes. I don't need to touch on it. He's up there looking down on us tonight. And he was the one that I think it was in like around 2002. He's famous with being quoted as telling every person out there to enjoy every sandwich. Because you see, he was dying and he had to ask himself, am I enjoying, am I really enjoying every sandwich? Am I enjoying every day of my life? Am I making the most of it? And those are, you know, some of those are scary questions, but am I enjoying every sandwich? That's a less, that's a, that's a question most of us can handle asking ourselves. Cause hey, you might, it's been a while since I had a sandwich, so I can't answer that. You know, don't put so much pressure on yourself to change the world. I could be the sunshine in your universe. I'm putting my hand to my uh, headphones like they do in videos. Change the world. 
I know I can't sing, so you don't gotta, you don't, you don't have to keep telling me that. Um, so yeah, Warren Zevon said, enjoy every sandwich because every sandwich is special and that's what tonight's guided meditation's about. I want you to just start to clear your mind. <sighs> Exhale, big breath in, medium breath or regular breath. Let it out. Relax. I know I had a stressful day. I'm not sure about you, but let your shoulders start to melt down into the bed. Yeah. You're sinking down deep into the, the bed. Your thoughts and worries are floating away. Your mind's starting to clear. There's a whisper coming from the universe. Enjoy every sandwich. It's wise. It's metaphorical. It's supposed to simulacral. It's lyrical. Enjoy every sandwich. You know, if you're in a poetry slam coming up, you can do a poetry slam about that. If they still have poetry slams. We're not slamming anything right now. Enjoy every sandwich. Yeah, we're drifting. Maybe floating into your mind is the last great sandwich you ate. Or the last good sandwich you ate. Or the last sandwich you enjoyed. Yeah, I don't want to get into debate over should we enjoy bad sandwiches or not? Because that's the metaphor part. It's always something to enjoy. But there is out there that pretty darn good sandwich. Maybe it's been a week. Maybe it's been a month. Maybe it's been a lifetime since you had one. Maybe never. You're still waiting for that sandwich to come around the corner. You bump into each other. You lock eyes and you laugh. Say, oh, excuse me. No, excuse me. Wow, you look beautiful today. Do you mind me saying that? I'm sorry. No, you look delicious. You look like a layer upon layer of goodness. Wow, thank you. You're, you really are beautiful. Well, hey, do you mind I take a bite on you? No, because you already took a bite out of my heart. You know, something like that. You know, maybe you're way... Maybe you're waiting for somebody to stop saying, you know. But if you thought of it, maybe your sandwich has that rye bread swirl. Maybe it's just a pumpernickel. Maybe a regular rye. Seated roll. Don't matter. Just let it float by. Imagine taking a bite out of that sandwich. Yeah. Sandwiches there to feed you. Yeah, that's a good sandwich. Now I want you to go ahead and let it go. Go ahead, give it away to the universe, that sandwich. Let it float away. Float off. You're watching it float away like a child that just lost a balloon. 
It's gaining altitude, but you got your eye on it. You promised yourself this time. You're going to be watching it when it disappears. Sandwich is floating off into the universe. Higher and higher. Until it's gone. Oh, wait, no, there's still a speck of... Oh, no, it's gone. Oh, no. Yeah, that's a speck of sandwich in the sky. Universe just swallowed it up. It's gone for sure. What's that? Something's floating back. It's this tiny speck. It's growing. It's shiny. Maybe it's one of those mylar balloons that cause all the problems with the electrical stuff. Yeah, it's getting closer. It's shiny. It's spinning. Oh, man, I feel like I'm spinning, too, in a good way. Not in a seasick way. Maybe there is no good spinning, so maybe I'm just floating. Oh, and it's floating in. It's some sort of... Oh, yeah, it's one of those mixers. You know, those big stand mixers. I think they're called, like, KitchenAids. You see them in gourmet people's houses. On top chef. Some people get them for the weddings. Other than Top Chef, I'm not sure I ever saw one used. But they're nice. It's got a big shiny bowl. Oh, the machine just winked at you. It's got such a smooth, shimmering, comforting smile. Oh, it's waving us over. Saying, hey, come over here and whisper to me. Lay it on because, oh, there floating right next to you is a giant bag of flour, mystical flour. Go ahead, picture what's inside there, whatever flour you like. Heck, you don't even have to know what it is, you just know what kind of bread you want. Go ahead and dump that flour in me, man. Yeah, so you dump the flour right in that shiny bowl. That mixer, that stand mixer, it's giggling. <laughs> that feels great. I knew that sandwich was right about you, sweetie. You're wonderful. Go ahead and whisper what kind of bread you want. Just tell me it's a secret. So you reach in. Right on the side of its head, and you say, hey, man, this is the sandwich I want. This is the bread I want. You know, whatever, Dutch Crunch, Kaiser Roll, Marble Rye, Caraway Seed something. You can even have banana bread. Nobody's stopping you. Oh, he heard you. She's humming now. She's got a toe hook in there. Some liquids. She's churning. Now I'm so comfortable. Can barely hear it. 
scan you off. The mixer says, hey, I gotta run this stuff off to the oven verse. Magical door opens up. As the door swings open, you can feel a warm breeze. Warm breeze coming in. Fills the room. It's comforting. Can smell bread baking. It's the oven verse. Your mixer's floating by. It's floating through the door. It's saying, hey, we'll be back. Hehe, <laughs> I'll leave the door open to keep you warm. That temperature feels just right. Then you notice out of the corner of your eye, there's a counter next to you. Sitting on it's a giant deli slicer. Big old chef's hat. It's so shiny, it goes pating. The slicer doesn't even talk. It just starts to make a nice, comforting. Talks to you in your mind. Tell me what you want. I'll slice it. Thick or thin. Picture in your mind you want some turkey. Some buffalo chicken. Roast beef. Brisket. Corned beef. You could even have something wacky, man, like liverwurst. Maybe you don't want any meat. You just want some. Thinly sliced tomatoes, some nice onion, some salad, some lettuce, maybe a little cucumber on there. Go ahead and think about it. Wow, amazing. I never knew someone could picture something sliced so thin in their mind. Wow, just melted away. Oh, yeah. I'm going to cut so much cheese like that. Great idea. Wow. Piling up that meat. Just floating into the refrigerator. It's just there at the end of the counter. Waiting to keep our veggies crisp and our meat chilled. Ah, but hey, man, you want your meat warm? Go ahead and think about it. And it'll drift through the door to the oven verse. Oh, what's that? Somebody's tapping on your shoulder. They got their arm around you like an old friend. You turn and it's a cartoon octopus. It's purple. Eight arms. It's got on an apron a chef's hat too. It's got fingers somehow and it snaps one of its fingers. Through another door in the universe comes through a giant purple tube. Covered in moons and stars. The octopus says, hey, it's the magical condiment tube. Tell me what's inside. Could be whatever you want. Mustard, mayo, ketchup, anything. Last guy, she was a young lady. She asked me for sriracha lime fish sauce. It was spectacular. You want something normal? Something spicy? You want some unami? Maybe you want a little sweetness on your 
sandwich. Could even get a little citrus in here if you need it. Just go ahead and let me know. That tube's filling up. Impressive. What a delicious, what a delicious concoction you're thinking of. Wow. I love watching. Octopus's work in the kitchen. He's shaking that tube. He's reaching through into the oven verse with one hand and pulling out a loaf of fresh bread. Oh, wow. Good choice on that bread. It looks great. Oh, he's got two hands in the fridge. His tentacles are going in and out of every part of the sandwich verse. Hubble Wade's still got two tentacles free. Oh, it's rubbing my back, man. Yours, too. Little karate chops to the shoulders. Now the thighs. The calves. Just light pounds. Knocking the tension away. Like a quiet poetry slam on your thighs. And your shoulders. Down your back. Meanwhile, sandwiches are being assembled. To near majestic proportions. Oh. Thanks. Octopus just put a bib on me, man. It's awesome. Oh. Put me in a chair and pushing a table up to me. Oh, there's ice cold glass. He's filling it. Oh, it's perfect. It's just what I wanted to drink. Yeah. He's got one of those silver dome things that rich people have before they eat that their butler uses. Don't worry, octopus, I don't see you like a butler. You're like a sandwich master. I can tell this isn't some corporate sandwich. This is one the universe loves. Comes from by way of Warren Zevon. Thanks, Warren. And then you sit down. And you look your sandwich over. Realize you thought of this sandwich. Every inch of its beauty you put together. Every layer is from inside of you. This beautiful sandwich that could be enjoyed. And you're going to take the time to enjoy it. Because it's you. You picked out the bread. You thought of it. He said, hey, this will be nice. And the meat and the cheese and the veggies. Of course, that special sauce you just designed. That's, that sauce would be impossible without you. And you have it sliced just how you want it. Wow. Beautiful, just like you. Words can't bring me down. 
its beautiful sandwich. Just like you're beautiful. Sandwiches like you on the inside and on the outside. Layer upon layer. Just got some soft stuff. Some hard stuff. Liquid stuff. It's a little bit crusty, but it knows how to give. It could be ice cold, or it could be warm to the touch. But you know what that sandwich wants? It wants to be enjoyed. It's saying, I'm here, and you're going to be okay. You may not be to sleep tonight, but go ahead and take a bite out of me, man. Let's talk about life. You know who sits down with the sandwich next to you? The octopus. And he says, uh, hey, great job on that sandwich. Fed a lot of people in here. I've never seen anything like that. It's wonderful. Your imagination. We had fun, man. I don't know. Never had so much fun making a sandwich with anybody. You're great. What's your name? Wow. Well, they call me the Perpster. You just call me Perp. P-U-R-P, because I'm purple. Yeah, you might have to put my arm around you and pat your back, because I'm so proud of you. I know you had a long day. I heard you didn't sleep good last night either. Well, it's because you care. You feel things, don't you? You've always been different. Bit more sensitive, bit more sensitive to life than other people I know. Well, I know how it is, man. You think I was always a sandwich master out here in the sandwich universe? You still live at the bottom of the sea. And when I say the bottom of the sea, I mean the bottom. I sunk all the way down. Hit my head a few times on the way down. You know, at one point I was right off the cru- uh, the uh, the chef, living large, Cabo San Lucas. But I turned my back on things, made some mistakes. My heart grew cold. My tentacles, they grew. I went a long time without love. I drifted to the bottom of the sea. I thought that was it. I had served my purpose. I was nothing but a... polite waste of tentacles, waste of suction cups, waste of squid ink that I stole and tried to use when I ran. Then a hand reached down, pulled me out, hand by name of Warren Zevon. He said, that world up there, it's full of unhappy people. They don't know what they have. And I need your help to show them. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. You know, just like the song, giving them a sense of pride. And a lot of people use that like a joke, you know, but it's true. Let the children's laughter remind them how they used to be. A lot of times people yuck it up about that man, but 
I'm going to pull you out of the bottom of the ocean. I'm going to recruit you to make sandwiches for me. And I said to them, Warren Zevon, you're crazy. First of all, I'm an octopus, and I'm at the bottom of the sea. Second of all, I don't know the first thing about a sandwich. I don't even know what you're talking. I don't even know how I'm understanding what you're saying, because I'm just an octopus. And why are you singing Bad Midler to me or whoever? He said, it's not Bad Midler, man. Dion Warwick. Bad Midler sings Wing Beneath My Wings. Okay, let's get two things straight. Oh, let's get I mean, let's get two singers straight. Okay? Now, come on. I don't care if you don't know how to make sandwiches. Because they're going to teach you. They're going to come into your world, and you're going to come into theirs. The sandwich is going to spark something in them. Maybe something small, like they fall asleep because they're... They like the sound of your sandwich making, the whisk-whisk on the bread, or the slice-slice of the way you slice the bread. But you could take pride. You don't have to be at the bottom of the ocean so sad. You can help people make sandwiches. A lot of people say, hey, you're nothing but a sandwich artist. You could say them, no, I'm a sandwich master, first of all. Secondly, I'm helping people. So, I'm helping people metaphorically with the sandwiches, and you don't get it. And now that I'm having to explain it to you, it's getting frustrating. Okay, never mind. Let's not talk about that. Let's just go up to the surface of the ocean, and I got a wormhole parked up there, and we're going to float through. I'm going to introduce you to Stan, this Stan Mixer named Stan. He's a riot, man. He's a charmer. You what? You better watch out around the ladies with him. Yeah, we're going to set things up. I don't understand any of this, Warren Zevon. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, that's because you're an octopus, man. you got to think with your heart. And now with your beak, if you know what I'm saying. Well, I don't actually know what you're saying, Warren Zevon. And, yeah... Well, don't worry about it then, man. Just enjoy every sandwich. You remember that, too. Well, I've never had a sandwich because I'm an octopus. Okay, man. I got it. Okay? The complaint box will be on the door on the way in, okay? And I don't have time for a complainer, so you might as well put on there, I'm fired. Because I'm here trying to make a positive universe, a sandwich universe. I'm trying to save you. You realize the pressure at the bottom of the ocean? crushing you from the outside in and the inside out. So come on, man. Let Warren see if I put his hands around you. See? You're, you're one of the best invertebrates I've ever known. I've been watching you your whole life. And I know what it feels like to feel different. To feel empty inside. Him. A lot of people tell you you gotta fuse all those things to fill you up or distract you. Or you gotta do this or that. And I learned the hard way, man. It's a sandwich. It's the little things like that that make life worth living. I'm sure that's scary. We're all scared anyway, man. Don't let anybody tell you they're not scared. It's part of life. It's a scary thing out there. Only a sandwich to hold on to. 
Life's a fragile thing. We're fragile people. So, just remember to enjoy every sandwich. We're going to help people do that. Okay? But it's okay to be scared. Perpy. All right? It's okay not to be perfect. You just got to start. Okay? And enjoy every sandwich. Now, you're falling asleep on me, eh? Well, I'll just carry the surface, man. All right. Perp, go to sleep, man. And when you wake up, you'll be part of a metaphysical operation of sandwich making and spear making. All right. Go to sleep, man. Hope you get a good night's rest. Good night.